Checking the OP Radio rant line before we get into this one. Hey guys, it's Creamy Butters from Plymouth, Massachusetts. I got to hear the Gina episode when I was hospitalized fighting an infection. I'm sitting in the hospital bed, nice. giggling like a little dullard in my hospital, Johnny. <laughs> I want to thank everybody from the podcast for checking in with me, wishing me well on it. Twitter. That was cool. I mean, Mike Sappho's on vacation with his awesome girlfriend in China, and he's checking in with me. Cool. I made good friends from the show on Twitter, like Carly and JW, and it's really, really cool. And I just got to say, Joey is the uh, motherfucking man. Thank you, brother. One more big episode. John in Virginia. Johnny. What's up? What's up? I love <laughs> you guys. Opie, I'm so glad you're back, buddy. I've been a fan since 2004 or five. I've been following you forever, buddy. Joey, Carl, you guys are awesome. I love you guys so much. Thank you. I love you all. I got no criticism. None. <laughs> the show is awesome. Cool. The show is fucking fabulous. Yeah. This is going to be a bust. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. The minute I saw Opie's polka dot umbrella, I knew this thing was for the shits. Do you like my polka dot? Oh, jeez. It's polka Paisley dot, and polka dot. And, umbrella? Oh, the first thing I see is Opie comes in. It, you, you were so upset to see the brass down here. It just stopped you in your tracks. Well, we're at Westwood One in the lounge getting ready to talk to Bill Burr. It's an exciting day for us, obviously. I haven't seen my pal in a while. And uh, when I come into the lounge here at Westwood One... I want to just be left alone. I want to. I want to be able to see Carl right away, which right. I was able to do. I like seeing Mike as well. And then there was like suits all over the place, and they're like, "If you don't mind, do you can you bring Bill Burr upstairs and meet all those executives?" I, and then Robert pipes in with something, and then they're back. I'm like, "Could you guys just leave?" Robert's vest was so tight today. It was it. He's definitely been stress eating since he saw Gina. <laughs> He's home eating Cherry Garcia, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I saw his whole belly button. <laughs> Literally. You're, you think he's gained a few? I could tell you I could put two fingers in that belly button to the knuckle. <laughs> we, only did that, we only did that podcast around a week ago at this point. He's stress eating he's every stress day. Eating. Oh, he's at home. Because he fell home. in love because she comes in hot and she's a bit on the crazy side, oh, which is right in Robert's wheelhouse. The minute the minute I saw her take her, her jacket off, yeah, and he saw the he saw the twenty one gun salute, yeah, he just went blind with love. Really? <laughs> yeah, he couldn't even see her anymore. Are we gonna try to set those two up or is oh, that your territory? Listen, no, no, no. Listen. No? You worry, let her go? There's no way he can play in the NFL like me. <laughs> That's why we want to set him up. That's why I want to. It's like the warm-up squad going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's going to come to Westwood One with a teardrop fucking tattoo, <laughs> giant neck tattoo. Oh, he's going to be a mess. It's like she made me have sex with a black guy first. <laughs> But I did it. I don't know who I love now. <laughs> She'll eat him alive. She's going to eat that bolero vest. <laughs> and he'll love every minute of it. Dude, he's going to come. Ri- his clothes are going to be ripped up like a shark attack. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I can't tell you. When we do these podcasts, I, I listen back because I got to you know do a lot, a lot of post-production with Joey. Right. We go back and forth a little bit. But when it's done, it's done. I never want to hear it again. I'm, right. I'm that type of guy. But I uh, I re-listened to the <laughs> really? to Robert's breakup story where we fucking gave him the business. <laughs> no, no less than I'm pushing ten times, bro. Ten. That, let me tell you something. Times, it's, Opie. This it's not every time. You know, I've been I've been around a lot of funny people. There's 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 very few times you see a clean 
fucking wound like that. Yeah. He was like, you know, you ever see those army movies when you go pull your buddy around and he has no torso? Yeah, like, yeah. It was just like yeah. full-blown IED. <laughs> he looks alive because he died so fast, but he's <laughs> there's nothing there. He's spilling, he spilling his guts to us. We, <sighs> we tell our breakup stories. It's Robert's turn. He wants to relate and hang with us and be one of the guys. He right. tells this. He tells the worst story out of the three, I think. Well, because I think, I think he has as much experience... Yeah. In breakups as I do in dating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then I just, and, and then I just, and then I just hit him with a zinger. <clears throat> when you asked him how hard he was when his wife was making out with that dude, I swear to God, Opie, I, Joey must have cut out five minutes of laughing. He no, must have. I told him to leave every second. Oh, I went the other way with that. I'm like, I Joey, felt like I was laughing forever. I said, Joey. Your instinct is going to be to cut the laugh. Do not do it. Let oh. it breathe. I really thought it was longer than it was. It was such a deep laugh for yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I got dizzy, like, when I eat a yeah. lot of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking good. Uh, the laugh came in at well over a minute. Well over a minute. When you were just going in between laughs. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, that made everything worth it. Robert uh, took it like a champ, though, because I had a couple conversations with him, and it brings me back to the old days. You know, I would do that type of shit on uh, many other versions of this radio show. Right. And uh, and I'm just going for the laugh. I'm going for the moment. I'm trying to entertain the audience. Right. Thinking nothing of it. Thinking everyone's on the same page. If you're in the room with the mics on, pretty much anything goes. Right. And you should know we're all, you know, we're all pals. We're well, all good, right. Well, I mean, that's a story for another day. But, but uh, let's just say the people that I would do this to, I thought we were all good and we were all on the same page. And then I learned years later that some dumb throwaway line that I did that was really harsh right. that, that entertained the audience, this guy took personally and, and would be motherfucking me for years because of that. Yeah, but you Never talking to me and going, you know what, bro, I know it's a show and you're trying to entertain the people, but that one hurt a little too much and uh, I just needed to talk about it. So I had the conversation with Robert. I'm like, look, Robert, in the past I would do stuff like that, not knowing that the per the person would take it personally and then hate me for years after that. You cool? He goes, I'm cool, man. I knew what I was stepping into. I'm but like, there's okay. There's certain people. You're like one of those people that say things. It's almost like you know those like Russian spies that hit you with the with the tip of the umbrella and it has <laughs> cancer on it, <laughs> like that radiation. Like there's things that you say that bother me. Like two months later, I'm driving like motherfucker because they're they're so subtle. Yeah, I remember one time. We're coming into West. I don't. Even, I don't think you even remember this, but I remember it. Okay. We, we're walking in to, by the elevator, and uh, you look at me. You're like, "You're looking good, huh? California did yeah. good, and, you know." Yeah, that was after one of your uh, Food Network. And runs I'm like, "Oh, thanks." There. You know, I've been hiking. He's yeah. like, "To the drug dealer." <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> say yes, that. You did. You it was just a, a little quiet little you thing. You wanted to laugh. I didn't say <laughs> yes, that. Yes, you did. I let that go. Yes, you I did. did not say that. How could I remember that? I was. I could have been nicer. <laughs> it's and you don't even know when you my... say them. It's like this little, these little, these little things, and they just they linger in the ear. I'm like that motherfucker. I did not say that. He said that to me one time. We were walking. He, he yeah. said something. Like, 
I've uh, you know, there's you know, I'm scared of that guy, and he's and he's like something like you've never been scared of a buffet. Remember when you got me with that when oh. we were walking away from Sirius XM? Ah, yeah, but that was just good. <laughs> that was a clean hit, though. It was. That was but a the clean thing is, hit. like two hours in, I'm like, motherfucker! <laughs> it starts to it look, starts to grow inside of you. Look, I'm I'm learning about the past, and, and all I want is understanding. I don't, I, I don't need anyone to like me or any of that. Hor- I just need understanding. I understand. Okay? I get it. And and I'm starting to understand a lot. No shit. A lot. <laughs> By the way, the umbrella thing, it didn't even phase me. So it's raining here in New York City. And then, uh, the only umbrella I could find is a girly one. I mean, but that's beyond girly. And it's like a kid's umbrella. Do you know what how pedo you look like walking down Times Square? So th- this is Opie. What, t- what type of blue would you say that is? That's aquamarine. Aquamarine <laughs> yes. polka dot uh, umbrella. Paisley. So I walked out of the house with it, and I, I'm like, ah, people probably will look at me. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. But just think about it. That's what amazes my wife. She goes, you just don't give a shit. Oh, you don't give a shit. And I go, nope. So I walk in with the umbrella, and, and Carl points at it right away, and I go, yep. <laughs> but just think about it. Imagine walking around with his little journal and his umbrella and the fucking ja- that little jacket that he wears that will actually make you colder. <laughs> it's so fucking thin and upper west sidey. <laughs> upper west sidey. Like, if I put my wallet in there, it would rip out of the fabric and fall on the ground. <laughs> it's a North Face jacket. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit on the thin side, Should but North know. Beach Miami jacket. It's so Look, fucking thin. I, I might have gained a few pounds this summer, so I'm trying to <laughs> compensate with a. a well, yeah, you thin the clothes <laughs> out a little. Bit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk to Bill Burr. That's going to be really cool. My man. old friend is playing Madison Square Garden again. He's again. Uh, he's unbelievable. I. Uh, it's the only. It's the only comedian I have in my phone. Really, I have his whole. Uh, his whole thing is awesome. Dude, I, I, uh, I uh, yeah, I started listening to a lot of Bill Burr recently just to try to, you know, get his, get to, get what he's been up to and right. stuff. So we could have a conversation, whatever. And then I got into a just a hole on YouTube watching all his Conan O'Brien appearances and recently a Jimmy Kimmel appearance. And I'm like, God damn it, is this guy great? Yeah. And, and this stupid PC world is not affecting his comedy. Know why? Because he's a very honest guy. Right. He is what he is. Right. And that translates uh, to an audience that is trying to just fucking destroy comedy in general. Uh, comedy, comedy. If, if they get a hold, if the PC culture gets a hold of comedy, it's over. Yeah, I was, I was listening to Jonah Hill on another podcast talking about comedy and basically talking about all the stuff he just can't do anymore because it's mean-spirited. I'm like, comedy's supposed to be mean-spirited. Comedy's the canary in the mind. I mean, it's the last way to people to get the truth, like, especially in this convoluted political right, world. Right. Comedians are the only people telling the truth. Right. It's crazy. But, but it, it's starting uh, to really get momentum that you can't hurt someone's feelings in comedy. <sighs> oh, that one's too mean. That one's too mean spirited. You can't do that. Chris Rock said it right in front of me. He's like, I don't do colleges anymore. They're not, right. they, they have no sense of humor. Right. They have no sense of humor. Yeah. Everything could, is offensive. I got to tell you, man, um, I saw Adam Sandler's Netflix special. Right. It was damn good. I'm not an Adam Sandler fan in, in general. I like some of his old movies here and there, and I like a bit or one of his goofy songs here and there. But I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself uh, much of a fan. That damn specially put together for Netflix was really good, really well produced, slick as all hell, played a lot of songs. And uh, late in the um, in the special, he did a song to Chris Farley. Right. It'll bring tears to your eyes. No shit. I mean, there's no laughs in it. 
he he went pretty serious, and he uh, he dedicated a song to Chris Farley that he wrote. And Chris and, Farley's one of my favorites. And, and in the special, it's it's just tons of Chris Farley footage as Adam Sandler singing this song to his old friend. And man. If you don't get moist in the eyes, you're dead inside. <laughs> you're dead inside. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Yeah, so Madison Square Garden for Bill Burr. I'm very excited for him. I, I wonder if it's like becoming kind of just uh, the norm or if he's still incredibly excited to be playing these giant it's gotta still places. It's got to scary. You think, well, it, it's got to be scary, sure. I, I still do events. I, you know, I was in Alabama. Yeah. And I, was, you know, I had to stand in front of 300 people. Yeah. I got booed for the first time. Why? Because uh, I was I was drunk up there. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was hammered. <laughs> so we're at Oyster Fest in Alabama, and this guy was just bothering me about the podcast. Do you really live in a cabin, like in the front row? Yeah. And I said, all right, these oysters are a little crispy, so these are only for people with good teeth. <laughs> and everyone goes, boo! They booed they you! They booed me, but then I won them back over because I started yelling at people, and it was fun. All you have to do is go, roll tide! That's all I did, roll, roll tide! And then they come back. Everybody just put their wives in a headlock and did yeah. a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> they come out of their trance. Oh, I'm back, I'm back! It was so roll crazy. Roll tide! It was, so, it was the first time... Um, Bro, we, I was watching your Instagram live. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I, 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 at times I thought they were speaking another language. Oh yeah. At times I'm like, is that actually English? There was a fan of the show. Um, she's wearing the shirt that I'm wearing. You know, the shirt that I wear, I'm fat. Let's party. Well, Bill's here. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Joey. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. I get distracted because Mike was looking to see if uh, uh, Bill Burr's here. Go ahead. Mike, let me tell you something about Mike. When he sits in here, it makes me really lose concentration because it's like a squirrel. He can't sit fucking still. No, he's very jittery. He's like a like a coked up security guard. Yeah. <laughs> you just like... And then you start really studying his body and you're like, I really do think his legs are too short for his body. Well, he has he's, he's got giant <laughs> he's got little dwarf legs and then this big bubble butt and then three three level level 3 torso. He must have 78 abs. <laughs> he's got the type of body where I think his mom during pregnancy went, "Yeah, that's enough." And put the bottle down just in time. Oh, I think she was <laughs> Oh my god. I can't. I'm out. I was going to say something. There's nothing I can say. Well, because of, oh. of the short legs and the bubble butt, you know. Yeah. There was definitely. Oh, oh sorry, Mike. Come on back in. There was. Keep... I, I bet you she smelled like wine coolers when she went to oil labor. <laughs> I get scared, though, because Mike can beat the shit out of us. Oh, yeah. Mike, we were making fun of your short legs and your bubble butt again. Yeah, I heard bubble butt. I knew it wasn't about the girl inside. I knew it was about me. Yeah, um, so. But, I mean, you know, you, you do well for yourself, right, what Mike? Gir- what girl inside? What are you talking about? There's no girl inside. Keep it low, Mike. What are you doing? Robert's inside. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a little, I brought a, I brought a date. You did? To the podcast. Where's and Robert's in there? Because you know Robert's going to start talking something. I think Robert goes full emotion right away. Oh, uh, right? Don't you think Robert on a date just goes straight like, I'm an open book, like, I've been in love 12 times, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right opening yes. at the date. Can yes. I have some of your mashed potatoes? His whole, life's, <laughs> his whole life story, all the bad stuff before the first drink is drunk. Yeah. Like me, I'm We're complete drank. opposite. Should I say drank there? Uh, whatever. By the fourth date, I start maybe telling the truth. <laughs> like, so the first day I meet a girl, it's like, what do you do? I'm like, I invented the internet and the question mark. <laughs> it's a good, good place to start. That's it. <laughs> 
And then by the third time, I'm like, ah, I really, this really isn't my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's on vacation. <laughs> and we got to leave because he doesn't even know I'm here. Yeah, I'm kind of squatting. <laughs> and he just touched down at yeah. Newark. He'll be here in a That's half not hour. my dog. We got to go. <laughs> that is not my dog. Those aren't my fish. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. Immediately. Clean yourself up back there. Let's go. So, <laughs> um, thinking of Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden brought back some memories because I, I was lucky enough to um, go on that stage at Madison Square Garden thanks to Andrew Dice Clay. Really? Back in the day. Yeah, man. Andrew Dice Clay uh, was doing our show a lot at NEW. And uh, he came in and uh, he sold out the Beacon Theater. Was it two shows, Mike, at the Beacon Theater? Two shows. So, his ticket sales were going so well, he wanted to kind of push all those people to Madison Square Garden and sell out Madison Square Garden. But for some reason, I don't know, I don't know the details, but the Beacon Theater would not let him out of his contract with the Beacon Theater. Really? So Dice, instead of going, all right, I'll do the Beacon Theater and I'll come back in six months and do Madison Square Garden, he's like, fuck that. I'll do the sold-out shows at uh, the Beacon Theater, and then a week later, I think it was, I'm going to do Madison Square Garden. And we're like, what the fuck? I mean, we had some pull back then, but I'm like, man, I don't know, Dice, you know? But anyway, long story short, um, he plays Madison Square Garden, and he invites us to go up in front of the crowd before he came out. And I'm like losing my mind being wow. from Long Island. I'm, 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 You're I'm, at the garden. I'm at the garden. It's the Holy Grail. In front of our crazy-ass fans. And he sold pretty well considering it was also the World Series with the Mets and the Yankees. What oh year my. was that? 2000. 2000. And I think it was the, the, the game clincher, too, that night. Oh, I don't know if it was a game clincher, but you guys had a great promotion. No, no, no. I'm going to tell them the promotion. That's why I'm, I'm going there, Mikey. God, I, f- I forget that Mikey knows every single thing I've ever done in my radio career there, Carly. Uh-oh, it's happening again. Huh? Just random numbers with people. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Wait, you just got another random number? You. Oh, wow. Let's hey. Take a look, huh? All right. Let's see what you got going on this time. Who the hell is that? I have no idea. Wait, is that a video? The girl in that video, is she like texting some, me? Someone you know? I guess. Or is that a video she's sending she's, of somebody else? She's sending it to me. She's she's doing a handstand. Yes. <laughs> a handstand? That's for the young. I'm in fucking How young hell? is she? <laughs> she doesn't even drive. <laughs> I told her to go vote. She's like, maybe in a couple years. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know who it is. I can't see your face. You have no idea. God, that was fun last time, but I don't know if we could uh, duplicate I gotta, that I gotta, magic. I've, I've been no, no. I've been trying to tie this whole. I'm trying to bring this thing down to a close. I mean, well, for the winter, you said that already. I gotta, but it's yeah. you know, I got a lot of loose ends. People are popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. So, uh, so Dice is at the garden. He, he invites me and Anthony to do a little something before the the show, and and we're panicking because we got to fucking make it make right. it count. So I came up with the idea. We were doing a lot of lesbian stuff back then. So <laughs> I was able to get the lesbian couch, which was very famous, onto the stage of Madison Square Garden before the Andrew Dice Clay show. All of a sudden, the couch is there, right? And then because the Mets and the Yankees are in the World Series, I'm like, how many Mets fans are there out there? Ah, everyone's going nuts, right? right? How many Yankees fans are out there? Ah, right. Probably even more nuts. So that right. made the Mets fans go, fuck the Yankees. And the Yankees are like, fuck the Mets. And they're like booing each other and screaming, yelling. Like, Good job, Up. <laughs> no, well, yeah, creating a, a commotion. Right. And I wanted to create the commotion. Okay. Because then I, I just casually go, uh, you, you think we could get along tonight? Boo! You sure we can't get along for Dice? Who's going to be out here soon? Boo! Fuck the Yankees! Fuck you! 
Fuck everything. Everybody's saying fuck you, right? I'm like, you sure we can't get along? One last incredible over-the-top boo from both sides. Right. I'm like, all right. And then I go, I go, come on out. And I got the hottest lesbian in a Yankees jersey and pretty much nothing else. And the hottest girl in a Mets jersey and pretty much nothing else. Place goes batshit crazy. And Mike, am I lying? Did they put on a lesbian show on stage at Madison Square Garden before the Dice Show? One of the best things I've ever seen up live. <laughs> what are the odds of you were just staring at Opie the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be big fan. Big, big fan, fan, super big fan, fan, super fan. Big fan. I've been a big fan of you since Genesee. It's going to take 15 years before you notice me, but I'm going to have you notice me, and I'm going to be on your podcast producing it. <laughs> here he is, Mike I'm just, Sappho. I'm just worried that Mike... And the more mic time that Mike gets on the podcast, I'm worried that he's going to fucking kill me because he knows, like, all I got to do is get rid of Carl. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mike. Um, and he does good... walk around with a piece. When, I mean, when you're when you're uh, being a big TV star out there, Mike fucking fills in nice. Yeah, well, he comes this... out of the bullpen. He does a pretty good job. This is how the anger starts. Well, it can only last an inning, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does he have like a little scribble pad? And he draws hearts with your name on him and stuff while he's talking to you. His pitch count is twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but those are 12 important pitches. 12 important pitches. <laughs> yeah. Two and yeah. after that, he's in the dirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he's throwing the ball like Baba Booey. <laughs> Watch uh. the video to get that one. Uh. Or I could have went with, uh, who else had the shitty first pitch? 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Oh, 50 Cent was a bad 50 one. 50 Cent was uh, probably the worst ever. That didn't help his cred. No. He threw like a girl. Yeah. That's, that's weird, right? It was really strange. And then the other thing with uh, Madison Square Garden, because it, it's bringing back memories with Bill Burr playing uh, the Garden. Um, uh, when we were at XM, we had a... Uh... <laughs> Stop moving. <laughs> Where are you it's, going now? It's insane. Can't you do this all at once? <laughs> Everything's in stages. Like five minutes ago, he built the tripod, sat down, put on the headphones. <laughs> then five minutes later, he gets up, puts the camera, then the headphones, then sits down again. Right. Then he moves the cactuses. Then he sits down, puts the headphones on. I, it's impossible. Don't forget all the times he just leaves the studio. Dude, he's like, I feel like I'm a football player, and he's back there with the foam finger when I'm trying to do the free kick. Whoa! Miss, miss. I, I feel like I'm in Central Park watching a squirrel. <laughs> Gary Busey was so pissed because I kept trying to stand up, but I was in the corner. He's like, sit the fuck down right yeah. now. Yeah. He wouldn't let him pee. It's one of the best moments <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> he wouldn't let him pee. No, because Mike was desperate. and goes, I got to pee. And, and Gary basically said, tough shit. Oh, that's You crazy. ain't leaving. And then Hope's like, all right, we're finished up here. He's like, oh, no, we're not. No. We're not done with the podcast. I'm like, I got to pee. I'm so mad that I didn't keep uh, recording because all of a sudden I go to Gary Busey. We did about two hours. Right. Then we do this weird hug in the hallway. And then I'm like, all right, uh, good to see you, Gary. I got to go. He goes, you ain't going anywhere. I'm like, ha, ha, that's funny. He goes, no, I'm serious. You're not going anywhere. And then he brings me into another room, and then we're listening to all his music. I'm like, okay, well, listen, uh, I got to pick my kids up from school. You're, you're not leaving. I'm not done yet. I would have ran away. I run away I, from school. He goes, I'm not done yet. Then Tim Sabian gets involved. We're upstairs, you know, where the step and repeat is, taking pictures. Then he goes, get me a chair. He sits in the middle of the hallway, in the free, middle. Free time Busey. In the middle of the hallway, and we're all uncomfortable because now he's holding court, and and half the shit he was saying was pretty damn good. But I, I felt like an idiot like trying to sneak record him, but I should have just said, hey, I want to continue recording this. But we were getting like 
just no filtered, uh. whatever's on his mind, Gary Busey, even more than the podcast. Long story short, how long were we in that hallway before we... You were like, hey, we got to do some reads. I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Where are you guys going? Yeah, yeah. And Ope just walked out quick. Well, no, then, you know what, finally, uh, how I finally got out of there, I, 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 I picked up my phone and went, ah, oh, my wife. <laughs> she was, my wife didn't call. I'm like, ah, oh, my wife. And I, I go, excuse me, making believe she was already on, and I walked into Tim Sabian's office. Oh. I counted to about 30, and then I took the long way out to the elevator bank. So I officially never said good, uh, goodbye to Gary Busey. What are you doing? Swear, Opie. What now? I, I, he just turns on his phone. No, yeah. Stop it now. No, no, no. Mike, I'm not taking your explanation. Just turns on his phone. Just show him what, he's, what you're looking at. Let me see. Please. But, no, no, no. I don't want an explanation. No. Just show me. Come on, five is alive. And then, and then you can try to explain. No, I'm going to explain why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get such a bad why rap on the show. Why do you have a picture on I'm your showing phone? I was going screen. I was, That's his no, it's not. Screen. No, it's not. <laughs> How old are we there? Jesus. I was going back Aren't you to pushing 40 now? No. Somewhere around there, late 30s? Late 30s. How old are you in that picture? 17, Oh, holy no, shit. I was going to show you That's off, like 20 years ago. I was going to show you off air. Because they think it's me saying off air He just goes like this. What were you going to tell me off off mic? The Subway series. It's the picture from the nights. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many pictures do you... That's a different picture Another of me. Another one. <laughs> Why do I always hire oh fucking crazy... I, He's going to kill me, dude. All right, I'll give people a big one today. Know what one of my biggest problems was over the years? What? Hiring crazy people because they right. make great radio. Right. But you should never be friends with them. That was the <laughs> mistake I made. So no offense, Mike. We're not going to be friends. But we're going to have a good like working, working relationship. relationship. of course. Because I, I have to learn. No, I know, I know. I brought a lot of crazies into my life that did really good radio, but we're out of their fucking minds. I get it. Holy shit. Talking in characters to themselves when the mics aren't on. Just uh. insane shit. Oh, yeah. He does it all the time in the hallway. I'm Officer Opie. <laughs> <laughs> you're under arrest for breaking my heart. <laughs> when, you're, when you're mumbling to yourself and characters and there's no mics on, that's when I realize, oh, I hired another nut job. Another nut job. Good nut job, job Ope. Uh, and Mike... Whatever. <laughs> so when anyway, you're talking, I look, I see the picture. I gotta blow the whistle. I, you can get yeah. hurt. On, you can get hurt in here. So another story for um, <laughs> for Madison Square Garden. So when we went to XM, um, the CEO at the time, Hugh. I'll just say Hugh. My, most people know his last name. He was the CEO. When I met him, I, we went down to Washington and we're excited. We're gonna sign uh, with XM. This was before Sirius and XM merged, obviously. And uh, Sirius wanted us. And we picked Sirius. We were always picking, you know, we always had to choose, and then we would choose one, and they go, no, you can't go there. you got to go to the other one. It happened with K-Rock and NEW for the New Yorkers. We picked K-Rock over NEW because it made more sense because we came from a radio station in Boston that was very similar to K-Rock, and uh, NEW was a lost cause, which obviously— You brought that shit back. Yeah, that rest is history, but we knew we had an uphill battle. No one knew it was in New York. I'm like, let's go to K-Rock. We know the music because we did it there uh, in Boston at AAF. So we had to make a decision. They were waiting for our decision. I said K-Rock. Two hours later, like, you can't go to K-Rock. you got to go to AEW. And then I found out years later that Howard put his foot down, that little, little pussy. What a fucking pussy he is. I think I'm allowed to say that, even though I'm in, on good terms with SiriusXM. That man's a pussy. So then, uh, fast forward. Big whole- fan, Howard. 
<laughs> Big fan. Hi, Robin. What's I love that guy, you... What's the guy's name? Frank the limo driver? What's his name? I love him. Oh, Ronnie's a good guy. I'll tell you who's good and who's not. Ronnie was a good guy. He was always good to me. Yeah, yeah. I love when I go down these roads and Carl, I, I see the flop sweat forming immediately on your forehead. I'm in show business. Everybody's cool with me. But you know how to work it. Yeah, I do. So oh, that was another one of my problems. I just never played the game properly. So then Sirius XM, oh, well, Sirius and XM, they both uh, wanted us. We picked Sirius. Uh, and then who? And then Howard did his bullshit, and then you moved in. Well, I'll just—that's the equivalent of getting one of those breakfast, uh, those, those Christmas tins from Howard. I'll, I'll just say this: we were within a day of signing, and then all of a sudden, my ears like, "Yeah, I haven't heard from him." And, you know, in a day or two, I'm like, "Oh no!" I go, "That's a problem." He goes, "Nah, nah, they're they're busy with this and that, and trying to get a satellite in space or whatever it was at the time." And I go, really "No, good with the agents too. You know how yeah. to pick them." I go, "Bob." <laughs> oh no, kidding. <laughs> I'm like, Opie, what are you doing? He's like, ah, waking up my agent. <laughs> Making some phone calls for my agent. <laughs> so I go to, we got to Westwood One. The agent found out three days after our third podcast. He said, congratulations, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> saw it on Twitter. You guys have signed. <laughs> I saw on Twitter that Opie signed on I, Westwood. I was paying for dinner. <laughs> I made the deal. I know. And I got to give I, them 10%. I was there. I saw you make the deal. I made the deal. With Tim Sabian. Well, because Tim came to Westwood One and I finally went to my agents like uh, you might want to call Westwood One My one of my good friends of radio is now running the place <laughs> and then like oh, oh, oh okay we'll do that and I go too late or he signed the deal oh my god I mean you know you have these passive aggressive conversations like I have a I'm, I have a passive aggressive relationship with his agent <laughs> so I'm like uh, how's your agent bro I'll <laughs> <laughs> be like I know Carl I know, I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm like did you get anything done for him this week <laughs> well another one I think this podcast is turning into another one of my issues. So over the years, I would just tell everyone to get on my fucking back. I got this. Right. Shit, I got I'm, this. I'm surprised you can carry me. I'm giant. No, man. I do things very differently now, man. And that's why this has been a lot of fun oh, and a man. lot of fun to listen to, hopefully. So so we picked Sirius over XM. And then all of a sudden, my agent's like, yeah, I haven't heard from him. I'm like, that's a problem. Right. Like, nah, nah, no problem. No problem. They'll get back to me, right? Right. So then we're in a restaurant. Uh, on 57th and uh, whatever it would be over there. It's right around the corner from the Brooklyn Diner, a big place where celebrities and media people go. Bistro 8.5? Uh, it's that uh, northern, northern Italian joint. Oh. Um, right on the right around the corner, right near, right next to Red Eye. Yeah, with the big mural in the back? It's an amazing restaurant. Reveille or something like that? Uh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, uh, so anyway. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Will you explain what's going on? Dude, I, I, now he's moving the lamp and the cactus. He can't sit still for five seconds. Remember how Robert just sat there like a fucking garden gnome? He smelled like marshmallows yeah. and he wasn't yeah. bothering anybody? Yeah. Bill Burr will be here in 10 minutes. I want to set everything up for him but nice. You know how amped up I'm going to be by the time Bill Burr gets here? I'm going to be shit. I mean, look, he's taking furniture out of the room. <laughs> I, I appreciate you want to. Look at this. I appreciate you want to make it nice, but <sighs> you. you you sat up and stood up three times in 15 seconds. It's crazy. Put the camera over there. All right, put the camera over there, Mike. Put it, put it over there then. That'll be good, right? Oh I don't know. Huh? We got to get a camera just filming Mike during a podcast and just speed it up to see the way we sit. And it's just yeah. like constant. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So, um, so we're at this uh, really nice restaurant. And the guy that we're making the deal with Sirius is there. I'm like, well, there he is, Bob. So let's see what the hell's going on, right? Long story short, the guy, the guy ignores us. Right, like he's he doesn't see us. No, like he doesn't see us. We, we were a day away from a deal. 
fast forward a bunch of years, he's the guy that fired me, by the way. No uh, shit. When, when we ended up, you know. Yeah. After the merger, now we're working with the guy that that blew us off at the restaurant. I'm like, what the? This is bad pool. Yeah. And uh, then, oh, that's a guy saying. I'm going to use that. This is bad pool. Bad that's pool. I used to say that as a, when I was in high school. So anyway, um, so then I look at Bob. Like, uh, do you still think it's not a problem? <laughs> what do you think, Bob? You got your finger on a pulse on this deal? <laughs> and then the little hair that Bob had left in his hair fell out immediately. <laughs> it just felt like a leaf, like an autumn leaf on a tree. <laughs> it's like a pendulum just swayed down to the ground. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's looking like Charlie Brown. <laughs> After falling on the ground, after trying to kick that damn Did you football. just change your T-shirt? Oh, Opie. <laughs> Opie, you have to. We got to put Adderall in this kid's fucking Dude, suit. did you really just change your T-shirt? Yeah, I wore a white shirt here <laughs> under my sweater, and I was sweating. I love how he makes it sound like, like, like it's, it's normal. normal. Right. Like, you don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> I carved my name into the glass outside by the bathroom. What, you didn't? <laughs> I wrote, I love Opie on my chest with lipstick. Why, you don't do that? <laughs> so... So so serious bails, right? And XM kind of moved on at that point. And then I went to Bob and said, "Look, I have an idea. The idea worked. Uh, we go to Washington to meet the CEO Hugh, okay? And I gotta tell you this one thing about Hugh is he pretty much has the worst breath I've ever smelled in my life really? on a human being. Just picture uh, cutting open a dead raccoon's asshole. <laughs> okay, that's stinky. And that won't do it justice. No way. What do you have? Bro- Oh, he had a bad tooth, and he was a close talker on no. top of it. And, and that's like getting in a leg lock in Tim Savian's taint, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we're in a conference room. I'm making a goal to say Tim Savian's taint every episode. So we're in a conference room, and this guy, he comes in to meet me and Anthony for the first time. Right. His opening line, ready for this, Carl, right. is, "I don't like you too." But I understand you have a big audience, so that's why we're doing this deal. And another thing, I'm no Mel Karmazin, who I loved. Right. As much as Mel beat us up over the years, he was always fair. Right. And he always tried to figure shit out. He goes, I'm no Mel Karmazin, basically saying, like, I, I ain't going to take your shit like Mel did. Trust me, Mel Karmazin did not take our shit. The fuck's wrong? He was incredibly intense. Right. And because he was saying this, you know, the hot air was like, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and he smelled like death. <laughs> Horrendous. He was actually dead inside. Right. So we had a. So that's how we started. Wants to get no, up. That son of a bitch doesn't speak bad about Opie. That's it. <laughs> You're getting up again. I'm going to lobby to wait for them to be here in five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see your next shirt. <laughs> what are you going to wear next? You wear a tank top. Well, let's just. Hang on the podcast because we have to get All right. Are, where are you going with that no, microphone? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, I'm, I'm getting a bad rap here today. <laughs> what do you mean? Nice. You're, you're fidgety as old Tell fuck. me if I've made anything up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, Obi, this is so what funny. What are you doing? <laughs> no, Why do you He's have to... tying Opie up with the <laughs> headphone <laughs> microphone. Why with the wire. Why do you have to fix the headphone cords right Bill. now? <laughs> Bill, you can't come in. You know what? You like when Okay. Wait, you want me to? Now you want you gonna test the camera during the podcast? Now you're sitting back down. <laughs> I'm chopping in the middle of a great story. Jesus, he's in the middle of fucking. And then it, it ties it into the whole Madison Square Garden thing. Wow. <laughs> he's jittier than Artie Lang on an all night bender. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Look, look. <laughs> it's not gonna work. All right, you're gonna have to hold it. 
Like last time. And move it around. Yes. Oh, my God. The video's going to be great. Him sitting down and getting up with the camera. <laughs> all right, all right, that's what we'll do. With all that energy, uh, uh, stop rolling your eyes. You can hold the camera. I'm and, predicting and, right now. Mike is going to make Bill Burr angry. No, 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 no. All right, listen. So, oh, that's funny shit. So, anyway, that's how we started at XM. And, and this ties into Madison Square Garden there, Carl. So, um... Eric Logan came on board, and he knew we had a bad relationship with XM and stuff. So he wanted to show that it's a whole different world. And I think we were re-signing a contract, which was important to this story. He goes, I got a surprise for you guys. It did something nice, you know, to show that this company has turned around, and we're, we're moving forward, and we appreciate you, and we understand all the subscribers you brought in, all that stuff. Right. I love Eric Logan to this day, by the way. And all of a sudden, um, he tells us that we're on the side of Madison Square Garden. I got to repost the pictures. Me and Anthony's pictures one of him and one of me went from the roof of madison square garden almost all the way to the ground no and it was there for i don't know how long anymore at least a week or so i would take subways from the upper west side get out at madison square garden just to look at that motherfucking thing. i would too oh i did it a bunch of times i went with my now wife we weren't married yet I'm like, I, I, I surprised her, like, you got to see this. And we would step out of the subway station. And there's my, my head had to be, don't want to exaggerate. It had to be pushing 100 feet, that picture. I felt They that. blew it up uh, to about 100 feet on the side of Madison Square Garden. For, for a kid that grew up on Long Island, it was, like, incredibly special. He almost lost his twin brothers to a, to a, <laughs> to a picnic accident. <laughs> My favorite story to this day. More coming up with the guys and later on Bill Burr, Carl, Siggy Poo, Mike, go pee on your girlfriend. Greg, tell them about the color purple. I am so excited that Purple Mattress is still with the OP Radio podcast. Thank you, Purple Mattress. I love my Purple Mattress. I don't toss and turn anymore, Robert. Yes, I'm, I'm pulling you into this live read. Sorry, pal. But I don't toss and turn anymore. I actually get a very, very good, restful night sleep thanks to Purple Mattress. But that's boring. You know what I need from Purple Mattress? What? I need them to deliver a Purple Mattress to Carl's creepy cabin. Because you want to talk about a guy that's wearing out mattresses these days <laughs> now that he's uh, divorced and free? Yes. If they want to sell mattresses, they get one over to Carl's creepy cabin immediately. Right? Absolutely. And all, all of his guests will, will want to get one when they leave. And the beauty of uh, giving Carl a, a mattress at the creepy cabin, he's got all shapes and sizes <laughs> staying overnight. <laughs> Take that, Carl. <laughs> but I'm going to get you a free mattress, Carl, so relax. Hey, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds and wheelchairs. I think they were rocket scientists, right? Before they started getting into the mattress business? That sounds right. That certainly doesn't hurt, Robert. Check this out, too. 100 night risk free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund, backed by a 10 year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in home setup, and old mattress removal. That's important. Very important. And let's not forget, the Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist, like we mentioned. It was not like the memory foam we're used to, right? Right. God, you're really helping me out, Robert. Thank you. The Purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable, plus it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. 
All that's important, but you gotta get Carl a mattress at the creepy cabin, I'm telling you. Watch your sales go through the roof. Here's what you gotta do, people. You're gonna love purple, and right now, our listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text Opie to 474747. That's text Opie, O-P-I-E, to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text Opie, O-P-I-E, to 474747. Message and data rates may apply. And thank you, Purple Mattress. Love having you part of the Opie Radio podcast. Opie Radio. All right, before Purple Mattress, Greg was telling Carl about the cool signage for ONA at the Garden. Carl. Yeah, you had a giant sign at Square Garden, which is awesome. So I remember uh, Food and Wine Festival when Guy first won Food Network Star. Yeah. They put a giant sign downtown on the building. Wow. And he looks at me and goes, I don't know who else to ask. I said, you want the sign? He goes, go get it. <laughs> no kidding. So I opened the fire escape window and just took the sign down off the side of the Holy table. Holy shit. And I delivered it. And that was one of the first times he knew I was special ops. Right. And how was big great. was that thing? And how, how many times did you have to fold it over? Dude, I was coming down with a giant tarp. I couldn't even, I couldn't even make the turn down the fire escape stairs. <laughs> but I got it. Wow, that's awesome. But, you know, when you see yourself like that, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Really awesome. And then I was also thinking, because uh, Bill Bird does a lot of uh, late-night appearances, and I, and I was thinking uh, what the pinnacle of my uh, career was. Right. And the pinnacle was, it's very simple. We flew out to L.A. to do Jay Leno's show. Matthew McConaughey was on the show and The Killers. And it wow. Was, and it was the last show before Jay Leno was shutting down for Christmas. And we're on the side of the stage. And even though me and Anthony didn't get along and barely talked to each other, which has been well documented at this point, he looks at me and he knew it was, a, it was special. And he goes, don't forget this. Remember this. And then two seconds later, they introduced us, and we went out on stage, and now we're hanging with Jay Leno, Matthew McConaughey, and the Killers, and we had a really good appearance. And during commercial breaks, they were making margaritas. Jay Leno had a blender behind the couches. So now we're, we're clanking glasses with Matthew McConaughey, and then he introduces the Killers, and we have drinks in oh. our hand, and we're watching the Killers. They're like, right there. And, uh, and that was pretty much the pinnacle of... Uh, of uh, this whole radio thing for me. Unbelievable. I mean, we did end up doing Jimmy Fallon after that and playing uh, beer pong with Betty, uh, Betty White. Awesome. That was pretty cool, too. But if I, I think about the actual pinnacle, that was the moment right there, right before we stepped on stage on that Jay Leno How about show. I give you a, a, what I call a sweet and sour. So that's a sweet story. Yeah. So let me give you a sour okay, uh, story. This just happened. I'm in, I'm in Gulf Shores, Alabama. There's a bunch of people ready to watch my oyster demo. Yeah. And the lady introduces me. I'd like to introduce Food Network celebrity chef Carl Reese. (laughs) I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) And it just gets even better from there. It goes, uh, owner of Marie's Italian Specialties. He has a restaurant with his wife in Chatham. (laughs) No. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. And I guess there's a podcast fan. Right. And I hear for the back, she cheated on him. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's my beginning to, to the Oyster Festival this yeah, that, weekend. Yeah, that's, that's a sweet and sour. That's a sweet and sour. So I'm on stage and big deal. Feeling good. And all of a sudden. That was your intro? That was my intro, bro. Wow. It was my intro. And, and they put on reggae music. I guess I'm black in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, like, he'll like this. He'll, he'll like Shabaranks. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like a song, Trailer Load of Girls or some shit. Man, did you learn how to speak Alabama while yeah. you were down there? Because like, you know what, like I said, those those live streams, which if you're not following Carl on Instagram, Sabor Chef. Oh, you, it's crazy shit. Your, your live streams are fucking great. Oh, we have Usually fun. you at a bar. Yeah. Trying to make it all work. Trying to make it all work. <laughs> I ran headlong into a bachelor party. Uh, I a bachelorette that. party. How was that? Well, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Really? For the simple fact that I had to do zero work. Really? I'm, I see the bachelorette party from across the kitchen. So yeah. I come out, and I'm, I'm just going straight at them. So I, I've, I've invaded. Remember Nantucket? I invaded a bachelorette party. Right. You go right for the bride, and she'll direct you. You know, what's open and what's closed. It's like tolls. You know, this clo- <laughs> this toll is open. This toll is closed. This one is a little open. Why, why is it her job? What do you mean? Why is it her job because to direct traffic? Because she wants to. She'll pick who you want to get. Who she wants to get picked off. Oh, I see. She's it, trying to take care of her friends. She's probably no. She wants you to jump on a grenade. She wants to get rid of the bitchy one, or put the one that's in a bad mood in a good mood, or the one that she doesn't like. The boyfriend. It's how girls oh think. Oh my god, they're exhausting. How that's they exhausting. think. Exhausting. That's all they do is think. Can't women just chill the fuck no, out and hang no. out? No, no, because if they did, they'd be dudes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You think women uh, could just sit back and have a good time? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. One thing my grandfather told me all the time, he goes, easiest and most effective way to get a woman. Right. Just plant the seed and they'll do everything else. Right. Just plant the seed and they'll do everything else. Yeah. And he explained it to me. He goes, just go up to any girl and say, I like you. Not as a friend. I actually like you. That's all. It's that basic and simple. Right. That's the seed. Yeah. Then the girl starts in her head because they're insane. Right. Oh, my God. Like, does he really like me? I mean, he seems nicer. Maybe he's just going to hurt me. That In the end of the week, she is in a complete whirlwind. She's had three relationships with you, reindeer games. She's gone through every scenario, and all you got to do is show up. And come and get your paperwork. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just talking about girls hanging. Like, a bunch no. of guys can meet. Within 10 minutes, they're like best friends. Or not. Or they're mortal enemies. It's very simple. Or you're going to fist fight, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very simple. But that's it. That's the two choices. That's it. We're all going to hang like we've known each other forever. Right. Or now we got to beat the shit out of each other. Right. With women, man, it's exhausting. But i got to be honest with you. Men have adopted a lot of female traits. Yeah? Over the years. Are you talking about like umbrellas? No. Oh, no, okay. That's, you know what? That's, <laughs> it takes a man to say, I don't give a fuck about an umbrella. So that's the opposite. How, how quickly did I knock you down? You you were yeah. trying to go there. I was coming hot. You stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> I went, yup. <laughs> yep. And I said, all right. But that's how dudes are. And you, you know can watch me after this podcast walk outside on this rainy right. day, and yeah. I'm going to pop that very girly umbrella. Right, And I'm going to go right to my beautiful fucking apartment, and you can go fuck yourself, <laughs> cabin boy. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they're tough in Times Square, too. So oh, man. This might not be the area to do it in. I don't know. No, you'll be fine. Whatever. You'll be fine. But that's... Uh, that's how girls are. They, I don't think they can calm down. I think they're, uh, they, go, they go through too many scenarios, and they're not really friends with each other, which blows my mind. They're not. You know, like... Because I think they're always competing with each every other. Every time... Right? Every time I hook up with a girl... Yeah. And I meet her with her friends... Yeah. Two days later, 
she's motherfucking that girl up and down. I've never seen anything like it. It's that like I'm with a girl. Girls. She's like, "Hey, how's your friend Opie?" I'm like, "Fine. How how is he?" I'm like, "He's uh, 5'11. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. you didn't get nothing from me, kid. Right. That's but it. But they just, you know, in three days, I know the girl had an abortion. Oh my god. She's got a, a pill problem, right. which is making me attracted to her friend now because I'm like, wow, she's a real mess. That's perfect for me. <laughs> she's perfect for me. She's perfect for me. I'm she's like, right where I need her. Right, right, I need her. <laughs> just in the valley of death. <laughs> <laughs> And I show up the buzzard. <laughs> I just eat her eyes first. <laughs> ah, very nice. Oh, fuck. I miss you, buddy. I missed you. So your Alabama trip was good, huh? It was so good. Yeah. There, was a, there was a super fan yeah. who listens to the podcast. Man, they're coming out of the woodwork now. Man. I just want to acknowledge it. Thanks for all the love and the support Dude, of this podcast. When I was doing the live demo. Right. You know, I told you on the phone, people were asking me questions about. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Do you really live in a creepy cabin? <laughs> yeah. And like people that don't know, that just know me for the food network, it's like, what is going on here? Right, right. And uh, this one guy, his name, I don't know what his name was, but it had like four initials, rich guy with a Rolex and stuff, big fan. Had nothing wrong with his legs, but had one of those little carts, <laughs> like those little, those little three-wheelers. Yeah. And he just literally plows right to the middle of the demo. Big fan. Like, just knocks it. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Oh, it was awesome, man. Yep. I, I actually love that place. It was really, really cool. It seemed like you had a good time down there. Dude, they have a bar called Florabama. Half of it's in Alabama and half of it's in Florida. <laughs> How can you go wrong? You can't go wrong. There was a guy. Yeah. I have it on video. I got to find it. He's crying in the corner. Crying. So me and my friend Panini Pete, he's, he's a big guy down there. He's got like four restaurants down there. He, uh, we walk up to him and I said, what's the matter, buddy? Just because I got nothing to do. I want to see what the fuck he's saying. Of course. You he got goes, it. The cocaine's better in Knoxville. This is bullshit. <laughs> That's what he was crying That's over? That's what he was... I mean, crying. Big fucking $100 booger in his left nose. Right. Like, he was so fucked up that he didn't even pack it in right. So he had giant coke booger in his nose. And I look at him and I said, good for you, man. God bless America. God bless America. I really feel... I understood. I understood his pain. <laughs> so the bar, is there a line right down the middle? Half of the bar is in Alabama. So they really exploit that shit? And you got to look it up on Sunday mornings. Yeah. My buddy goes, you ready? We're going to Florabama. I said, it's nine in the morning. He yeah. goes, they have church. So the bar has church and everyone's slugging drinks down while the church is going on in the bar. Perfect. It's fucking awesome. What's Drunk church. What's wrong with that? Unbelievable! Right? You ever do those gospel brunches? No. You never done a gospel brunch? I don't. I know. I know nothing about them. That brought me back to church a little bit when I was living in Boston. It was uh, where the fuck do they do it? I forgot the name of the place. Oh, uh, the House of Blues. They huh. would do Sunday brunch, uh, Sunday gospel brunch. It was amazing. Unbelievable! Just all that the saints come marching in as they're serving you uh, a real good Southern breakfast. Brunch was invented in Louisiana. <clears throat> what? At uh, I forgot the name. I think Did Commander's you say brunch? Pal brunch. Yeah. Oh, brunch. Okay. Brunch was invented in Louisiana uh, at Commander's Palace, I believe, or Brennan's. I'm not sure, but one of those two. They no. invented brunch. But we couldn't figure that out before they no. did. No. Do you know I met a chef? I'm trying to remember the name. Yeah. I was in California, and she comes up to me and, and she's like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours and whatever," and she's like a big deal in California, whatever. Everybody thinks her a big deal in California. Right. But uh, she told me she's like, uh, "You know what I'm known for, chef." I'm like, Ugh, who even opens like that? You know what I mean? Right. Because uh, I felt like saying, oh, well, I'm known for walking away from people like you. you know what I mean? But I'm like, all right, let me be nice. So uh, I'm like, yeah. she goes, I invented avocado toast. Ooh! 
How the hell can you take credit for putting avocado on a toast? That's so stupid. That's like saying someone invented nachos. It, they didn't. That right. just kept, that happened right. organically. It's just a mixture of ingredients. There's no. There's nothing there. You took an avocado, you put it on a piece of toast. You can't invent that. There's nothing else to it, right? Nothing else to it. Don't you put something else on it like that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, douche sprinkles. <laughs> yeah, some you kind of take a two dollar avocado and then you make it thirteen dollars by putting it on toast. It's I, it makes me. Oh, some sprouts. Don't you sprouts? put sprouts? Yes, you do. You <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Why? I don't I don't eat avocado toast. I Fuck just, you. I just like the way you say things. Like sprouts. Sprouts. <laughs> you know, the fucking sprouts. Because I like I like uh feeling knowledgeable. Yeah. No, they do put sprouts on. But she sprouts. she actually told me she invented avocado toast. I, I was like Yeah. yeah she's like what, she's like, uh, what do you do? I'm like, uh I'm divorced and trying to get a gig in new york that's it get away from me yeah, yeah. like you know i'm yeah. going low with you i'm not going to sit here and have a piss contest with right right a lady who thinks she invented avocado toast uh, yeah. sprouts sprouts good old sprouts good old guacamole yeah <laughs> hey what's up How bill burr come on in man we're what's already doing it how are you that's how carl you? carl was from the food on? network guy fieri's uh very good friend we were just oh, talking right. about um oh, here let me turn on your mic there you go. I gotta get one of those, man. Look at that little mixer. What? How do you do your podcast? I have like a, uh, I got the Guitar Center big stupid mixer. <laughs> <laughs> right off I've, I've, I've just, why? why not, you guys don't not supposed to advertise with them or something? <laughs> oh, oh, it's just oh funny. I don't give a fuck. Oh. I mean, we're just starting this podcast thing, so I don't, I don't have all the advertisers like you do. It's called a Zoom. This is the way to go, because then when you're on the road, this is, is it so light? fucking easy. Yes. I oh, mean, shit, I'm stupid. No, we got everything hooked up to it, but this is, and the quality of this thing is, is kick-ass. You could just hold it like this. I and... think I've taken a picture of that thing like 19 times, but everybody <laughs> has it. I never use it. I never use it. We, uh, 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 so that's Carl. He, uh, he's Guy Fieri's friend, and he's a, he's a Food Network star, and I, I do the <coughs> podcast with him a lot. We have a, oh, all right. We have a really, really good time. So, and he was just, he was just discussing avocado toast. As we were waiting for you, okay. we, were, we were already running out of oh, things Bill. to talk about because we got to avocado toast. So, so I'm doing a food. I don't shoot. understand what the fascination is. It's like literally you just listed the ingredients. Right. Well, this is going to send you to, to level 100 in one second. So I'm doing a Food Network show, and the chef comes up to me. She's like big in California, and she says, uh, you know what I'm known for? I said, who the fuck opens a conversation right, like that? Right. She goes, I invented avocado toast. Dead fucking serious. Well, I it kind of didn't exist. The last time no. I saw you, I don't think it existed. No, no, that's people because it's so simple. <laughs> like the people last used it fucking year and a half. <laughs> all of a sudden, like that became like the biggest fucking thing ever. So now everybody's trying to put their twist on it. Oh, it makes well, it even this, worse. But this person's trying to claim they invented it, and Carl's like, "You can't invent." You can't. That's like saying you invented putting toast. butter and sugar on toast. It doesn't. Yeah. You can't invent that. It's that's, an assembly. Exactly. It's not. An, it's not a recipe. So. Well, who did think of putting avocado on? That's weird. Weird. No, like because who, who would have thought that would have gone together? In California, they used it all the time. Back in huh? the 70s, you could, I, could, I tracked it back back to less less. I Pinox. like that she fucking bugged you that much that you actually found the Wikipedia page on avocado toast. <laughs> she did. She popped Fucking me. reams of it. <laughs> I was reading for like two Oh, days. and it doesn't stop there. If you follow it back, it goes back to Cologne, Germany. Oh, I kept looking like, not your name, not your name, next page. You're still not here. You're still not here. I yeah. hated her. You know what? That fucking Mario Batali show was going to come back. Then he, he did what he did. Now it's gone. I fucking, he was one of my favorite. You know something? Yeah, like, I I miss the, uh, the the that show because he just was cooking. Yeah, 
And somewhere along the line, they just the Food Network kind of went into this whole thing where it was like they just brought all this anxiety to it. Yeah. Like you got to make pancakes. You got a straw yeah. and a fucking some cornflakes. I'm the champion. I'm like, How of that. the fuck am I going to do this? It's just like <laughs> cooking's supposed to be this relaxing, yeah. wonderful thing that you do for yourself or yeah. somebody else, and they just made it this fucking stressful. Them and the Weather Channel. <laughs> they, they went. They went fucking just. They just. They just got into all this. Everybody's yelling because there's so many channels. I should talk with my fucking act, but well, like every, it's just like, I I used to watch. I used to just chill out. Well, they, know, when I had nothing going on in my yeah. career, I would watch Molto Mario. Yeah. And then uh, I used to watch What's Her Face before she got huge. She like took over the whole world. Has Rachel? Own, Rachel Ray. Yeah. And I remember I was with this woman at the time going, I don't know, there's something about her. She goes, eh, she's just nothing. They put a little couple of highlights in her hair, and that was it. Yeah. She used to, she used to work on the Upper East Side. She was a, a cheese taster. She would let people chase cheese with the little toothpicks. That's Rachel how she Ray? Yeah. That's how she started. That's how she started. She invented right. it. Yeah, she right. invented, she invented right. it. Yeah. She was the first person. Everybody used to have them in their hand, and it was gross. She was the one that was like, <laughs> put the toothpick in it. And then it was like, oh, my God, this is so sanitary. <laughs> she invented the toothpick. Yeah. The she was a cheese. She was a visionary. <laughs> she, she's so, a Steve Jobs of fucking cheese yeah. samples. But going back to the Weather Channel, we're, we're getting close to losing one, man, when they go out there in the storms like that. And they oh, put themselves they in positions, have. and then they have to say, "Don't do this," or "You you shouldn't be outside." But I, I we had a, a two by four uh, flying by on the last storm. You see that viral <laughs> no, video? I didn't see that. Missed uh, the big rock star over there at uh, the Weather Channel. I forgot his name. Well, name. I think as as climate change or whatever the fuck you're supposed to call it now continues, yeah, the storms are going to get more and more severe. Yeah, with and there'll be more and more channels. Covering it, which will make them. Can we get these people closer to what's going on? Right. right? They'll sign a waiver and they'll do some sort of sad thing. That's going to be the funniest montage ever because it's going to be the person. It's like if you got eaten by an alligator, like any all the montage of life is you fucking with the alligators. Like that guy, that that, that guy, Steve Irwin. Yeah, Steve Irwin. It's right. like his whole fucking video montage was him fucking with animals. Like bringing them all to level of stress that that guy brought to animals, oh all into the God. fight or flight. They're looking at them like, is this guy going to eat me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But because it's a snake and shit, people think the snake doesn't have fin. Well, it's a reptile. It probably does. <laughs> <laughs> I liked where you were going with it. So. <laughs> it was making sense. Who is that on the wall there? See, no one can figure it out. You want to take a guess? This is an ongoing thing, uh, an ongoing podcast. Is that you? <laughs> 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 Hasn't gotten that bad yet. That's David Lee Roth, believe it or not. Oh, that's just a bad picture. That's you know David what Lee he's, Roth. He's, he's pulling his face and trying to hit a note. Yeah, but or he's got like uh, a captain's hat on, and then he's got a sheriff's star, sheriff star on the hat. He's a mess in that picture. As opposed to what? <laughs> Dude, that guy has had some of the best on stage. I remember one time me and DeRosa, were, he was living back here in New York. We went, and he goes, Dude, look at this video. And it was David Lee Roth. He had on a, a pair of, like, these skin-tight, like, pink spandex. You remember those boots from the 70s, those ski boots that looked like woolly mammoth of hair? Of course, yeah. He had that over that. He yeah. had, like, ski goggles on <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and no shirt. Right. And was on, on, like, daytime TV with, like, Van Halen or something. <laughs> and was doing this little, like, sort of dance, jump move towards the camera, and he had the mic down by his dick. And it was just like, this guy's just like. But it made sense, right? No, but he's no, He's one of the best front men. He, of all fucking time. David Lee, you can't fuck with David Lee. Dude, Ruff. he, uh, and he does great radio over the years we've had him on. And I had him on the show with uh, Doc Gooden. 
And uh-huh. Doc Gooden's telling some insane fucking drug story that would bring you to tears. And David Lee Roth's on the show, like, thinking it's the greatest thing ever, going, Oh, right, man! <laughs> <laughs> right! As Doc, as Doc Gooden is spilling his guts out oh, to us, having a, pretty much a nervous breakdown, telling us his drug story. <laughs> and David Lee Roth is just not reading the room and thinks, <laughs> thinks it's the, the most awesome story he's ever heard. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> right, right. One eight ball coming up! Oh, I love that guy. So, how's it being uh, back in New York there, Billy? Billy Burr? It's lonely. I'm not back here with my family, and then I go back to all the clubs, and everybody's, like, moved on. Right. So it's weird. <laughs> oh, is they're it? either not there or they're dead. That's basically Jesus. all my friends. Yeah, it sucks. That's one of the things they don't tell you about getting older, but... Um, yeah, so that brought it down. You guys want to go back to avocado toast? <laughs> <laughs> so, so your crew's moving on. They're just in. Uh, well, they're, no, they're just like they just don't all, hang out like they used no, to. No, they've all become successful. They, right. They're like, you know, there's each each like level. There's people that move on or just say, "Fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore." Right. But like, there's only so long that you can stay in like the same. Like place, I think before you you kind of lose it. Yeah, um, you go solely insane. So I think I don't know. It's just it's different. But I'll tell you this: all of these. Uh, I saw that Mark Norman last night. Oh my god, he's is that funny. guy funny? Holy he's really shit! Funny. Fucking funny. Man. No, I was. It's been a while since I've seen a guy where it was like, um, like I was picturing him crushing on Letterman with those jokes. Yeah, and I was picturing Dave laughing, going like, like it's been a while since I've I've seen a guy that could. Like, you're watching this set late night at a club, and it's like, this is killing late night at a comedy club, and this would also kill yeah. at a uh, late night talk show. I mean, that, that's how tight his, his jokes are like. It's been a while since, awesome. since he, I've seen a, like a, a joke writer like that. He's, he's well on his way, too. He's, he's yeah. doing more and more of that. And, uh, and you're playing the garden again, bro. Yep. I mean, is it fucked up to it's, you? I yeah, know you've weird. had an incredible success, obviously. No, it's weird. I got a good story for you. When yeah. I, I, was, I was back home. And I was doing the Boston Garden, right? I did three of these things. Jesus. On the, I only did three. I remember back in the day, like guys like Dane Cook, he had the same road schedule as like the Celtics, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mainly do theater. So I, I did I did the Forum, and then I did the Boston Garden. So Boston Garden, that's where I'm from. So I got all kinds of friends and family padding the stats there. So it was fucking jam-packed. I'm doing it in the round. And, I, yeah, there's that feeling when you're backstage going, this is like a fucking cartoon. This is ridiculous. This doesn't make sense. Uh, people up top going to feel like they got their money. Having a, basically a panic attack while Verzi was on killing, or Tony V, I forget who was on. And then my phone rings, and I see it's my wife. And I'm like, oh, this is why I married her. She's going to be like, I love you. You deserve this. <laughs> Go out there. Have a great Remember to have fun. And I picked the phone up, and she was crying hysterically. She was like, oh, my God, me. <laughs> right? And I was like, I thought there was something wrong with that kid. I'm like, what happened? What happened? What happened? She goes, no, no, nothing bad. I just saw a star is born. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally sitting there like, (laughs) I felt like I was in a sitcom. I was like, are you fucking serious? I go, do you understand what you just did to me? I go, honey, I got a show. And she's like, oh, my God, are you about ready to go on stage? And I was like, yes. And then she was, like, laughing through crying, yeah. which was so adorable. Yeah. And she goes, I'm sorry. Have a good time. You're so-. I'm just oh like, and I just, so I just walked out on stage and told that story. 
and it got a big laugh, and I was on my way. So you know, yeah, yeah, that's she's a not- good start to that. I, I uh, you know, I'm a fan of your podcast, obviously, and she's really good. Nia's oh, really yeah, good no, with no. you. She, you don't put she, her on a lot, but when you do, it's uh, well. Now that I have, now that we have the kid and everything, yeah. it's not. I mean, somebody's got to watch the kids. So yeah. that that kind of killed her. Um, coming on and uh, and also you know just the ridiculous level of adjustment to your life like um, some I've been talking about on stage is how they don't tell you that when you have a kid like how much that what that does to your relationship with your spouse where it's like you guys go from this looking at each other to you just staring fixated on the kid and not even in a bad way but if you guys don't check in with each other you just start fucking drifting apart and like, we got to the point where we were just like passing each other in the hall, like, stop, you know. Just, <laughs> like, when you just see somebody late night on the street, you know right. what I mean? You just give them the obligatory yeah. hello. So we had to kind of like, then it's like, now, we're, now we like go on like dates, but then we go on dates and like 10 minutes in, we're showing pictures of our daughter. Hey, you see this one? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we're like, this is normal, right? But, we, but you, like, you really have to make an effort to uh be like hey you still cool with me you know <laughs> i'm i'm a few years ahead of you in that game yeah. it, it gets way better but i i could totally relate to that because because your daughter's only not even two yeah not yet, even two right? gonna be uh, yeah no you're two. still you guys are still in it like she doesn't move around a lot yet right No, she's walking and, so so but and she's put, staying in one room more or less but it's definitely now you're, she, cha- no, you're, you're you have started the chasing chasing around. so now okay. it's like you know what the deal is they walk into a room and it's just like gravitate to whatever can fucking hurt them yeah <laughs> it's like you got all these toys that are all safe and they're like oh an outlet oh <laughs> and they stick their finger in it yeah you go in there they're playing with the cord and they got it around their neck and it's like i left a half a second ago you know <laughs> what i mean crazy. fucking that's your whole job yeah so make sure they yeah so um you know, it's just something that, like, yeah, me and my wife used to, we used to be that couple. Like, we, I loved it because people would be like, man, you guys laugh all the time. Me and my wife, me and my girlfriend used to laugh. We used to inspire people. And then we kind of became, it was it was bad. It was rough for a little bit. We were just like, what happened? We used to laugh, man. <laughs> like, uh, it, yeah, you got to give yourself a break, though. Yeah, no, oh, but no, we, we got under it. two years? Forget it. Yeah, no, we got it. We, we kind of got the thing back where okay, I, uh, yeah, no, yeah. you know what I did, dude, is I just stopped fucking arguing. I'm just, like, done with it. And whatever she tells me to do, I just do. So now we're getting along great. So I'm happy with that. But there's this underlying resentment I have where I'm just kind of like, oh, so basically if we do everything that you want, yeah. like we're going to get along great. And there's all this fucking shit out there about, oh, you know, all these fucking women, you know, just every day, just like just bitch moaning and complaining about how fucking difficult their lives are in America, which is so funny <laughs> to me. It's just like, why don't you look up the kid that had to sew your blouse together? I think you'd feel a little bit better. About your position in the world. No, the level that they're talking. I mean, it's crazy. my favorite thing was when those two women, I'm not going to say their name. They got arrested at that fucking thing. Don't say their name. Sure. And they come walking out and they're doing the black power. Like they're like they're black. Yeah, like they're yeah. at the 68 yeah, Olympics yeah, yeah, yeah. and they went from slavery. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you're a blonde white woman. Exactly. What are you doing? It's just fucking like, and it's, it's, a, it's and everybody's so afraid to get in trouble or get fired that everybody, yeah. But then every whisper is going, "Dude, what the yeah. fuck was that? What the fuck was that?" It's, so it's a great angle because uh, in other places of the world, you're sending your eight year old off to a, some sweat factory with a, a lunch or deliberately maiming him so he can get a, he can get an <laughs> yes! extra fucking yeah. ruble or some yeah, exactly. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, but like, as a as a Latin person. You know, I grew up with real... As a person of color in this culture, how do you... <laughs> this current climate, Well, I how do you up, navigate avocado toast? I'll tell you one thing, Bill. Uh, growing up, people... I experienced real racism. 
real, straight to me, straight up. You know, you're Spick, you're this, you're that, you're that. Right. The old, the Archie Bunker stuff. Yeah, the Archie Bunker stuff. Everybody was the way, you know, they used to call me, hey, Taco, come over here, do this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Cuban. They're like, I'm doing your favorite, Taco. Vamonos, vamonos, yeah, rapido, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And being in the restaurant business, I mean, there's nothing lower than that. You know, I started from the bottom as a dishwasher. Right. Nothing bothered me then as much as it does now as people that have never experienced racism explaining to me what I need to be offended about. Oh, yeah, God. Oh, here we go. It's, it's, it's mind-numbing. They don't realize how there was a there was a there's a thing in well, Times thing Square. Is, you're not smart enough to understand that you're being insulted. You need somebody <laughs> white to explain. But it it's you. so annoying to me. <laughs> it's, it's worse than you calling me being derogatory. It's it just feels like Listen, you're treating me like I'm an idiot. I took a sociology class. <laughs> I, un- I understand your plight. Let me re let me explain to you what I'm doing to you. Like everyone, you know, I, I worked for this French chef who literally told me he's like, well, you're you're Latin, you know. God made you small because you're, you're, you're supposed to go in holes and dig ditches. Yeah. You know, that's what your culture is. Right, you're, right. you're a bread culture. We're not. We're a culture by choice. This is how he's talking to me, right? Was he wearing a beret? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was wearing a big toque. But let me I love you, this guy. Yeah, he was crazy. I mean, old 70s French chef, you know, hated everybody. But I stuck it through, and that guy went up to bat for me when I, when I, when I went through all his bullshit, and he treated me better and any fucking Spanish guy would have ever in the world. He he went up to bed. He got me an Sounds like an officer uh, and a gentleman. Yeah. He really he really helped me out. But now everybody. I want to make souffle, just, sir. Bullshit. Yeah. My grandmother like, wants to make well, souffle. It's, like it's, it's exhausting. And I, I was talking to, about you before you got here about comedy in general and how you, you're you more or less escaping the whole uh, PC bullshit, mean spirit. No, not, not, not escaping it because there's nothing well, to escape. What they do is I, I've learned through... All Things Comedy started this podcast yeah, network. Right. How few people you need to tweet at the same time to start trending. Right. So you're really seeing this is it like they're misreading where this whole political correctness and shit. People are just trying not to get in trouble. They don't agree with it. So they're misreading like where people are the same way they misread this last election. I think today, I don't know, dude. I got a like if if you're a Democrat, I got a bad feeling because all of these fucking people, like all of these celebrities that go out there trying to rally people right, to, you vote. Know, to vote blue. It's like yeah. you're being broadcast where people in red can see it. It'd be like if you were fighting a war and you're going to do a surprise attack on Japan and they're watching you talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't understand how they don't think that a bunch of people right. do my fucking guy driving me over from the airport. Like, I'm voting all fucking red. I'm voting all fucking <laughs> right, red. Right. And it's just like, I don't know how, like. Well, this, well, all this, you do is this, is somebody in the public eye telling people, you know, what to vote for. All you, like people are smart; they know who they're going to vote for. All you're doing is just catching the attention of some guy in a white van with right. two fucking seats who just wants to do something crazy. That's the only guy that you're going to you're Very changing smart. him in that he's now going to go after you. Well, well, there's a couple of things. It's an insult to my intelligence when the celebrities are coming forward and saying you got to vote. Basically, what they're saying is don't you you got to vote Democrat. Right. You're That's right. what they're saying. Yeah, they're trying to act they like are. it's non. Yeah, yeah, Somebody asked me to are. do Trust that. Me nuts. It's like yeah. Somebody try right. asked me to do that, and yeah. then I, I don't get involved. I'm not yeah. fucking gonna sit. There. Dude, I flunked everything in high school. Who the fuck am I to tell these people what to vote for? And they go, No, this is nonpartisan. It's like, have you Liars. looked at the people that you yeah, have on yeah. this? This is not like yeah. if I stand anywhere near half of these people. Look at their fucking Twitter feeds. Yeah. I'm not 
fucking sticking my head on that yeah. chopping I'm, block. I'm just insulted. I, I, I would rather them say, we all want you to vote Democrat instead of this, like, you need to vote because you're an American. Well, well they did that. that last election. So now yeah. what they're trying to be is like, it's really important to get out and vote. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, I understand that. What else? You know, oxygen is probably one of the more important gases in the atmosphere. And you want to make sure that you keep breathing. Oh, thank you fucking I, we, third lead on a sitcom <laughs> but we live in new york where your vote truly doesn't matter it's so democratic that i know we're good we're good uh, in this state but in jersey i'm voting for a cuban yeah. felon <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. or, or a republican billionaire just like i don't care i don't it doesn't matter no but uh, uh no but what, i was gonna give you a compliment though because you're you're more or less skating it because your comedy's so damn honest and I no, think, and I think no, when, there's nothing malicious behind because people always go, you, you, you get away with this. And it's like getting away a plot implies that I meant something malicious. I don't. I'm up there. I'm a fucking moron. I don't read. <laughs> and I'm up there to make you laugh. Right. And like th- and there's some people, you know, you drive across their front lawn. They get upset, even though you've been driving over everybody's fucking yards the whole time. There's just, you know, those those they're fucking babies. Yeah. And. You know, nowadays, you know, you need controversy to, to make something sell. So you can do a show in front of a thousand people and 999 enjoy it. But if one person didn't, that becomes the story. The person who fucking did it. And it'd be like, I got a fucking partial standing ovation. One person walked out. If I was a fucking president, if that was my approval rating, I would be the yeah. most popular president ever. Like this, this is, you're, this is not. Well, why do we focus on the one person? Money. Yeah, but that's what I told Money, you. Money, because then people stop because there's a million channels. People watch people yelling at each other. That's what the fuck happened at ESPN. Yeah. You had PTI. We had two people who were actually yeah. friends. Yeah. And they were like, they would get heated. Yeah. And they distilled that down to people like people yelling about sports. And ESPN went this horrible fucking period where they just would have, they would just skip Bayless. They'd be like, he would, they, that guy would literally argue if you said you need air to breathe. He'd be like, oh, I'll tell you. Right now, he, would just, he would just argue the other side. It's just like. I'm kind of happy he's not there anymore. I figured, like, after a while, he's like, guys, I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a video about Skip Bayless, Skip arguing with Skip. So they made the oh, little yeah. oh, cuts. That's great. So it was literally on, on the same side. It was Skip yep. Bayless on a different day saying okay. the opposite thing. And he sat in his giant house watching that cackling. Yeah, as it echoed. Of course. Exactly. As I it go through all the empty yeah. Yeah. cathedral yeah. ceiling. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got tired of furniture in like, the whole house. But, but, but the point I told you guys years ago when they, they did this to the radio guys, where it was it was always the minority that got the, the radio shows fired. It wasn't a massive majority. It was like, holy shit, we got to get uh, rid of this certain show it was always one fucking small group of people that had all the power and i would yell to the executives like we ignore those idiots they don't mean anything in the in the long run and now well, it, feel, it feels corporate... like it's starting to happen with comedy a little bit well that's well fortunately we don't make money for a corporation if we made money for a corporation we would all be fucked i mean yeah. i guess we do in a way with the promoters but like yeah corporations are like if one nickel is going to roll out the door like with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing with the NFL, at first they were supporting, trying to be progressive, and then all the racists who were watching it who made it about, you know, fucking Iraq and Afghanistan, even though they kept saying this is about police brutality. They're like, my brother's fighting in Iraq. It's like, dude, nobody <laughs> is saying your brother is in Iraq. You're not listening. You're arguing a different argument. Right, right. But those people stopped watching and blah, blah, blah. So they actually sided with ignorance and racism uh, in a way because – but they were doing it for financial reasons. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's squash these five or six people that are doing this. 
and these racist people will come back and buy, you know, fucking whatever, a, 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 a Mitch. Right, but whatever well, side you're on, it's whatever. money. Money's the lifeblood that's of a what corporation. It is. No, yeah. and all of these, that's another thing, too, is that's why if you notice, like, you know, that there's a lot of comics say crazy shit, but you need a certain amount of followers before what you say becomes offensive because they're not going to waste their time hitching their wagon to somebody that they're not going to get traction for. They'd much rather do it when you become like right. a name. Yeah. So the genius of my career is I've never been the guy. So I, I maintain, <laughs> you know, I'm never in the stratosphere. I'm down, was it, the troposphere or whatever the right. fuck it is, the one that we breathe. Like, I'm down here. So all of those people Smart. up there, and that's why I, I don't do those fucking politic things, you know, standing there. Uh, yeah. Guy Fieri told me that one time. I, uh, I got in trouble for, for answering a tweet. I was judging a, a competition on the Food Network, and that someone tweeted me, you know, that was racist that the black person didn't win. You know, why did the white person win the cooking competition? I said, because the black person sucked. <laughs> you know, it was that simple. Oh, right. Yeah, dude. No good. That yeah, was no, that was no good. good. No, you can't. No bueno. Yeah. No bueno. And then no. And you should have said the black person's dish sucked. You should have said because his no, no, dish, I did. His dish I did. Tastes better. Is I what did. You said. That's what, what, I said what you really should do sucked. is you shouldn't answer. That's what I learned. Like that's what I know. You know what I do? I that's just what I learned I, the hard way. Bro. I I hit it back over. I've been saying this on everything. Whenever people like, because now like they literally ask you these fucking career-ending questions. Like I'm running for office. I'm like I'm not required to answer any of this. So they'll be like, so what do you think about Louie coming back? I always go, oh, you know, I don't know. What do you think <laughs> oh, about Christ. it? And it's just, and then they start talking about it, and then I don't have to answer. It's just smart. like, oh, hey, Bill, you can, you can afford to pay for your house this month. You yeah. want to fuck with that? <laughs> no. No, I don't. No. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, because you don't mind. You're, you're only allowed to have one opinion on yeah. so many topics now, which is, you know, this opinion of, which is funny. It's allegedly this, this left kind of thing, but, like, they're acting like, like the way that they always say that the extreme right acts where they just like, you know, think what we think, say what we say. If you don't, we're going to destroy you. And it's yeah. just like, it's a, like um, that. That's where because I'm liberal, but I'm not like that. Like, I don't know what the fuck that is. So, I mean, like, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I, I ran into Louie. We had a nice conversation. He's doing well. And I told him I support him. I, I, I mean, I'm answering your question. Hey, he's I, again. I, there you go. I, no, he, he, of course he should be able to continue his fucking career. Jesus. All right, well, I have a sofa if you need to crash. <laughs> <laughs> For a day or two. We had a very nice yeah. chat. Uh, he might even come on this thing. We'll see. He said he said an email, and that's uh, – yeah, we'll see. Well, me and my buddies are the network fans of uh, – when you did Live in the Fillmore – it's, you're the only comedian I have in my phone, and we play it because you did a bit about uh, supermarkets, about how they make you do everything. Oh, yeah. No, Newark Airport's like that. I fucking snap. All the self-checkout? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not well, doing it. you got to pay for your own. You, it you, was you gotta literally, like, we dude, die I, laughing. I hope people yeah. just fucking start stealing shit. And just like, <laughs> but then they'll bring the robots in to fucking drag you off yeah, the plane will. with their metal fleshy hand. No, I'm not doing it. I'm you, gonna, you don't, I, you don't I, like I, self-checkout? I love self-checkout. No. At first, I hated it. It's but a now, scam. Why is it a scam? How do people to... not work? Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't want to deal yeah, with that. It's them not like anything's people. any cheaper. Do you understand? You got to check yourself out of a supermarket and pay ten cents for a bag. They're laughing well, all the way to the well, bank. Well, the bag thing is ridiculous. That's like hotels. No, you know? it isn't because it, the, you're fucking pollutant. You know, bring your stupid fucking yeah, burlap but... <laughs> bag. No, but the point is, everyone's still getting their fucking plastic bags. Yeah, no, they're, they're still not. Paying. 
They're not. In my area, they are. In New York, they are. Yeah, New I York, they don't give a fuck. I think you are, and you think everybody else is. <laughs> right. That's probably what's going well, that on is, there. That's probably if I was your therapist, that's well, that, what I would say. Fair. Well, I, I'm with you with the... Just because you're doing it. I'm doing it. Everybody's got to be doing it. Carl backed me up in New York. No, they, he's they, always... He's done that with any medical issue. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, hey, your kidney's hurting yet? I'm like, no. Well, they will. They will. It's like, Opie, we're from a different fucking DNA family tree. I don't I don't know what you're Gene doing. You did that for fucking years. Your, Your eyes go yet? No, Bob. You wait. You wait, bro. You wait. It's just like He's November not... 7th. How old are you? It's going to be November 17th. It's just like. It's not wrong because what he. How self involved are you that you literally, like, all my medical. Like, if I have it, the whole world must have it. He's not wrong because I couldn't wait to wish him a very happy 50th. <laughs> Turned fifty, I couldn't wait to text Bill because I'm like, oh, there's a whole another list of problems now. No, I've gone to the doctor. I'm, I'm fucking, you know, getting all checked out. Uh, yeah, I did the colonoscopy fucking last month. That's yeah. the easiest thing ever. Yeah, Only but, thing that is is the drinking the stuff is the, oh, the hard part. Shitting your brains out. It's yeah. actually like it's like ridiculous. Oh. It's like really again, it's fucking ridiculous. But then you just go there. And they go, all right, put this on your face. And they put it on your face. And you just wake up. They do say to lay on your side. It's yeah. like, am I literally helping to fucking date rape myself here? <laughs> and you just... <laughs> You're you fucking, rape Dude, you literally, you breathe in. And then you just go to sleep. And it feels like two seconds later, like, all right, you're good. <laughs> that that. Good. That we just had a whole camera crew up your ass <laughs> and you have no fucking idea. Well, the two things on that, the propofol is holy shit. You, you could basically knock someone out in you could uh, stop, one second. You, you could stop, stop a protest with what's coming out of your fucking <laughs> No <head>. kidding. <laughs> and the other thing is we're lucky because the cameras finally got smaller. I know it's kind of a hack bit, but when our parents oh. were getting their colonoscopies, that shit was... The real did they deal. even have? Well, that's why I think oh, Vince man. Lombardi yeah, didn't do it. Camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vince Lombardi was like, "You're not sticking that thing up my ass," and he just went out. He was just like, I'm, "That's that was the old school guy." Yeah, but like, he didn't regret it either. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Those guys were tough. They yeah. didn't give a yeah. fuck. Man, when I was hanging out with my dad at the VFW hall, they all had cancer and they didn't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. My, I was, my it, brother's a big Harvard was, cardiologist. Cancer was a badge of honor. Well, <laughs> well, they were all older guys, and they lived their lives. Like, when you're young and you're looking at that situation, like, holy fuck, go to a doctor. Like, ah. Fuck it. For what reason? You know, he's missing an ear, and it was. <laughs> you know, it kind of looks like he, oh, he's going out like he wants to go out his refrigerator Perry. Oh, he, shit. He, I, yes. No, people keep saying all the concern about his drinking and stuff. He goes, he goes, I'm a country boy. I'm back in my hometown. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy as I've ever been. So it's just like, just leave me alone. Isn't he living in his car or a van or no. something like that? No. I read a story about that. I'm going to look it I up. I wasn't trying podcast. to take it down that road. I just like to drink, and it made me feel good oh, that okay. he didn't quit. <laughs> Fair enough. That he oh, didn't quit. Drinking. He was just like, look, you know, I, I got my little fucking juice here that I like drinking, you know. <laughs> I, I got a uh, Patriots question for you. Because What's the that? other day we were trying to figure out. Because I, I like the Patriots because my Jets suck a dick, and I had I spent that time in Boston, so I have a little love for the Patriots. What was the worst record that Tom Brady had? We were trying to figure this out the other day, and I probably should have fucking Googled it after this conversation, but uh, like maybe ten and six was his worst record. Maybe right? no, we didn't make the playoffs the year after the first year. We we won it, uh, so I would imagine that would probably be about nine and seven. But he's been an animal for his entire fucking career. He's one of the best. With all, all dude, the... I went I went to the Packers game and I got to be on the sidelines and all of no those guys shit. went through the the level of shape 
that NFL players are in. Like, dude, I'm t- I'm telling you, like lightning, fucking. Qu- they they look like superheroes. And there was so many like the D linemen now. It's like even like the offensive linemen, they're fucking shredded. Like right. it's not like the old days with the you know a lot of fat guys. They everybody down there was shredded. And Brady came running by. I mean, like he looked like he was like fucking thirty. <laughs> 31 he's just well, running but i got like you gotta see this video i took of the guy like he, he looks like like a fucking movie star yeah just zero percent body fat all of them like yeah. we're just out there i was like jesus christ i mean i went back to the gym i thought i was getting in shape i went down there i go these guys are like they're, they're not even they're literally like you know like you ever seen like a supermodel and like how beautiful they are yeah. they had that with like strength yeah. We like, how are these people even fucking human? Like, I just, I was looking at cornerbacks going, if that fucking guy ever hit me, oh, over. Over. We did, then we... I could be like, Opie, you get hit by an NFL cornerback yet? Uh, you will. <laughs> we do. You will. You got that coming. You got do... that coming. <laughs> Bill has no idea. I've gone through some changes in my life. <laughs> we do I'm lot... not that guy anymore. We do a lot but, of events but, with, but with the NFL. So uh, wait, but I just wanted to finish with the Brady thing. Yeah. Now that he's what forty, forty-one years old, I, I root for 41. him. Forty-one. I root for him even more now, man, because that's just incredible that he's a hyper that he's, that that he's playing. It's at, not your forty-one. It's no, I understand that, but th- he's playing at that level at forty-one is is pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, incredible. He's a big yeah. dude, man. Yeah, I mean, so we do a lot of Food Network events cross with the NFL, and guy likes to just put me in fucked up situations. So we're in the, we're in Miami at the, in this big lobby in this hotel. And he goes to Steve Hutchinson, you giant fucking dude. He used to play for the Vikings. He's the guy that invented the contract, the poison pill. It's a crazy giant big dude. The poison? Uh, whatever. It's, called, it's like a contract. It's, a, it's If they cut you, you get your whole contract. He was famous. They called the poison pill. That's what he was famous for, him, oh. him and his agent. But he's this giant fucking Hall of Famer guy. So the guy goes, can you do me a favor? Can you tackle Carl as hard as you can? Holy fuck. We're all drinking. That guy hit me. My shoe came off. Yeah, it was like getting that. hit by a fucking car. What did car. you land on? No, he scooped me up, hit me, and yeah. then put me down like a baby. Like, he gave me the impact, but didn't let me fall. Fuck And that. just put me down. My ribs. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. You know, when, I did inside like... the NFL, and Boomer Esiason was trying to show me this play. <laughs> right. Where this quarterback got picked up, and I should have been like, dude, I saw the play. But he just came over, this giant guy. And he went to pick me up, and rather than grab me from the back, he did it from the sides. Yeah, and I just heard like, <laughs> "That's what I, that's what popped. I felt." And I try to make him feel better. He goes, "He goes, was that your ribs?" I go, "No, nah, I think it was my back." He goes, "I think it was your ribs, dude." I had like muscle spasms, like I was out in yeah. L.A. like a week later, like, ah, yeah, ah. yeah, that's how I felt. was laughing at me down the comedy store, and it was just like six weeks, nothing you can do, and yeah. then you know, like the first week sucked, but then like, so I went on his show recently. The guy, that guy is so fucking funny. So I go like, uh, I go, boom, I go, you're like a fucking Great Dane. You don't realize how big you are. I go, you're six foot five. I'm barely 5'10". And he goes, well, it's not my fault your parents are small people. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just didn't give up. I mean, he's breaking balls. He's fucking hilarious. That's really funny. I, when I uh, lived in Buffalo, I went to a lot of Bills games. You'd sit on that 50-yard line or you're on the sidelines. When you see those guys running full speed at each other, it's horrifying oh, to oh, think yeah. of the impact of those fucking hits, man. Yeah, no, they, it's they, hard. It, yeah. It's a whole different fucking game when you see it that close. You're like, what the? Fu- what kind of person can do this? They are yeah. so fast. One of the so fastest fast kids I ever saw so in real big. life was uh, number 45 Raiders, Marcel Reese. Sure. We we're doing an event, and guy goes, "You guys, I want you to sprint from here to here, but Marcel has to eat chicken, eat chicken fingers on a plate the whole time. So we're running, two chefs, as fast as we can. He passed us." 
eating chicken fingers at a hundred <laughs> fucking. It was the most embarrassing. You guys do weird I, shit. Oh, there were chefs, right? But I felt like another species. Like judges, man. I was chefs. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh that, that explains it. Ah, what the hell? Explains all the drugs. Dude, I worked in a fucking restaurant. You guys are lunatics. <laughs> I used to work on a mesquite grill, like oh. glassed in. With the chef. And the only reason why I had the job was because the restaurant was slowly going out of business. So I, I, went, I became the busboy, the dishwasher, right. and worked you the mess. keep moving grill. up. It's like war. Every no, no. I dies. kept all three jobs. At the same time? Yeah. So I had like the bow tie shit underneath my apron. And I would be cooking the shrimp brochettes and shit, waiting for people to finish like a sitcom. I would like duck down, take the shit off. You come out and I would bust it. Wow. Then, right, yeah. I mean, how many health code violations was I violated? <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> yeah. So then in the back, there was like a like, you know, there's a little window where I put the orders up. And in the back, they used to fucking, I remember they would, uh, they had like a little, look, I don't, I'm not a drug guy, but a little brown cube that was smoldering under a glass. Oh, the hash. Oh, that's the old sticky hash. Yeah, the old sticky hash. Yeah. And then they would just go out there. We had a guy who was on, uh, Work release from prison. Oh, man. Like at night, he had to go back to jail. Jesus. There was like an every like there was another guy, was a f- fucking raging alcoholic who had lost his drive. I was in North Carolina. He dr- lost his driver's license so many times that he just he wasn't getting it back. This is in the eighties too, where you could just like yeah. kill people a couple times, right? He he lost it indefinitely, so he had this fucking moped. <laughs> <laughs> And he used to ride it to work, and it was the wintertime. And he would be so bleary-eyed, and he'd take a shower at the last second. He always would have, like, frost on his hair. <laughs> like Grandpa Munster, right? Are you kidding no, me? No, I swear to God. Oh, so, shit. So one time, I swear to God. So one time as a joke, dude, this fucking moped, and he lived, and he lived in a trailer. I mean, this guy's oh, like, no oh, this was bad. It was bad. So as a joke, because this, this moped was his fucking mode of transportation. We took his moped. And they had, like, this shed built into the hill where we had all the extra napkins and booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we wheeled it uh, behind it up the hill and put it on the roof. And there was, like, you know, cars would come by, you know, because it was a mall. And we put it up there. And he, just to watch him freak out. And, dude, this guy almost started fucking crying. Came in. My moped's going. <laughs> freaking out. We were just and I, I'm just sitting there. Like, I wasn't in control of the prank. So I was kind of thinking in my head, tell him, tell him, tell him. So finally we tell him. He's like, ah, oh, you motherfuckers, goddammit. And we fucking walked him all the way around, and we get to the top of the fucking thing, and the moped was gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Somebody had stolen it. Oh, no. no, but it had a happy ending. They, they ended up finding it. <laughs> And somebody was, I remember it was silver, and somebody tried to, like, do a quick spray paint of it black, and it was all shitty. And I remember the next day him riding away, and his, with his fucking frosted hair. And I was like, I am the worst human being on the fucking planet because he, he wasn't even, like, mad. He, I remember you saw it. He goes, this ain't that bad. They painted a little bit. But motor's still good. And I was just like, oh, man. So when, you're, when, you're, when I was starting out, we were, I worked at a restaurant in New York City. Was, you know, one of these big lines where you had the, the chef had the microphone? Uh-huh. So on Saturdays, we would do a collection for cocaine. So we would send the the, the uh, we would send the busboy up to Washington Heights with a ton of money, uh-huh. and then he would bring it back. And before service, there was like uh, cutting boards, and we would put little ounce containers around the cutting boards so they would be elevated, and have the pastry chefs make the lines perfect Jesus. and cut the the milkshake straws, and it would be all ready. So Jesus the Christ. chef would what an orga- operation. Yeah. So the chef would organize it. Right. And the chef was a Cuban guy, so he had a funny accent. So uh-huh. when the cocaine would get there and they were all the lines were ready, he would go on the microphone and go, The ego has landed. Oh, 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 all through the fucking <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> and then he'd be like, and then in the middle of doing everything, he would organize not only the steaks and that we were making, but he would organize who who had to go next. Yeah. So he'd be like, okay, two medium rare, one rare, one short rib. Okay, pastry, cocaine, let's go. Oh, 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 oh. And the old pastry station, we'd lift up the cu- cutting board. You'd get your straw. Boom, boom, boom. 
and then you put it back, and everybody would go back to their stations. It was un. Oh my, that should be in a movie. It was, the, it was real life. Did, did, yeah, would you guys be laughing or just like, no, this is normal? No, it was normal. And then, then we were so coked up that we would start making demands, like terrorists. You know what I mean? Because the whole kitchen's coked up. So then we'd be like, chef, we want three pitchers of margaritas. So the chef would call to the, yeah. the channel manager and goes, hey, papo. Four, four pitches margarita right now. Okay, vamos, vamos. And he goes, we can't give you any more alcohol, chef. Oh, no problem. We start cooking. Everybody, take a break. Oh, oh, oh. And everybody would just stop cooking. And would, here come the pitchers of margaritas. And he would say, okay, let's go. Two stay meter right like that. All fucking you were, night. You hold them hostage. Did we you, ever, hold- you ever work at a joint where you could be paid in uh, regular check or cocaine? Uh, No. But if you got paid, it went to cocaine there, anyway. There, it was the nineties. It was. It was. That's what. Yeah. No. Us. I, I was a bartender in Geneseo, and that's how they 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 would ask you. You want to be paid white or green? And if you wanted white, you had to go out the back and up the stairs oh to. I don't want to say his name, but whatever. The shit that we um, used to do. We used to uh, cut. And out. I, I was too poor. I had to always go green. I'm like, you know, I wasn't an altar boy, but I needed green, not white. And the hazing that we used to do, like for you to be part of the squad, we would cut the the, the inside of our pockets out. Uh-huh. So when the new cook would come, we would hold the pot. Yeah. And we'd tell the new cook, go in my pocket and get the matches to light the pilot. So they would go into your pocket and grab your junk. <laughs> and all the fucking, you'd see these 60-year-old kids just fucking, right. we're just abusing them. It was awful back they're, then. They're saying Bill's got to leave. Bro. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, really really quick, though. First of all, congratulations on the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Which is fucking weird, living in L.A., being a Red Sox fan. That- but I got to go to the game. You know, I went to game four, you know, had a pretty good time. You know, you always almost get into a fight out there. It's right. just how it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can't believe it, man. Just every time I think we won our last one, yeah. it just keeps yeah. rolling. You, you guys are on a roll. I'm just not a baseball fan anymore. But, And then finally, I got to ask you, uh, are you still doing the drum thing before your shows? Yep. I'm actually doing playing the goddamn comedy jam tonight. That's in front of a crowd, but, right? Uh, yeah, dude, I got I got to. Sh- no, I mean, um, like Madison Square Garden. Like, oh, yeah. I remember you no, told me last time. Like, he he plays drums in in an empty like in this case Madison Square Garden to get all the nerves out. Yeah, Is it your drums? Go- no, no, no. So I, what I do have- you, you rent locally and say set this shit up for me? Yeah, I'm gonna show you. Uh, this is us at the forum. Playing some Van Halen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. No, dude, it's fucking crazy. And uh, Dean Del Rey comes out and sings. He has a great voice. And uh, isn't that almost more fun than actually doing the gig? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking. I fucked yeah. up because I played for like three hours, and I was like, I, "Did I just shoot my wad for the night?" You know? <laughs> wait, wait, so you guys aren't doing this for just a little while? You guys? Are just... We play. No, dude. What, this, how many, how, when am I ever going to get a chance to yeah, do that's it again? True, you never man. know. Now, of course, this won't fucking play in here. Well, is it too long? Ah, uh, we got shitty Wi-Fi, so. Oh, you do? But, uh, oh, that is so, I, I thought you just did a quick little 10, 15 minutes, but you, you fucking go as long as you can. You yeah. Should, you should ask Matt. No, but no, ten, no, but we got, a, I got a couple drummers coming down. Bobby Kelly's going to play. And, nice. uh, you know, I try to like, you know, share it with other people. It's, it's more fun to do it that way than to. Uh, right. Yeah. Conan came down. Conan came down yeah. in Vegas. He pl- not Vegas and uh, at the Forum. Bro, he, with, he's, with, he's a really good guitarist. With all the success, do, do, is there ever a time where you're like, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm doing this? Or is it starting to become kind of a norm for you? No. Or, no, are, there, no, or are there moments uh, where you're just like still? Well, I don't, like, I don't, I don't take the, the ego trip of it, but I definitely, yeah, it's fucking amazing. But, you know, there's all this, like, you know, pressure and responsibility, man. You can't just be like, hey, I'm doing the fucking Madison Square Garden. I've been out doing sets. I got to make sure it's worth the money. Yeah. 
people got a sitter, they're paying to park and, right. you know, and all of this bullshit. So um, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it, but right. like afterwards, when I know I had a good show, that's the best feeling where you feel like, all right, they're, you know, because that's the thing. If you fuck them over, they're not coming back. That's awesome. You know. So, anyways, I gotta go run yeah, my yeah. yap on something else. Uh, uh, yeah, Bill, thanks, man. I really appreciate all right. you doing the podcast. Yeah, and I'm glad Great you fucking you. texted me back because I mi- I missed your. Oh uh, yeah, it's a, no, it's, it's your text. All, it's all good. Oh uh, yeah, sure. All right, uh, why don't we wrap up, Joey? Wrap it up. We're done. Bye. Bill Burr, everyone. Doesn't you guess have any plugs? I mean, he's got. Wait, his... wait. One other thing. I forgot to mention F is for Family. The yes, season three up. is coming out November thirtieth. I think this is our strongest season, and this season uh, we have Vince Vaughn is on it. We have two Oscar winners on it now: Allison Jenny and uh, um, um, Jesus Christ, uh, Sam Rockwell. My brain is tired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We got Laura Dern, Justin Long, Dave Keckner, all of these amazing, amazing people. And uh, I learned that from Seinfeld a long time ago where he was just like, I'm going to surround myself with the most talented people. Yeah. And they'll uh, help me along as I figure out what the hell I'm doing. So uh, thank you for letting me come on here and promote the show. Dude, those fucking stories my god crazy are amazing are amazing uh, all right yeah episodes right, for family on netflix the third season's coming in november 30th oh it's right around november the corner 30, oh, yes. shit. okay cool on netflix all right bill thanks buddy okay we'll bill see burr you. everyone hey this is noah from connecticut i can't believe what carl said but after you get divorced you start like nesting with girls literally last week i'm like noah what the fuck is wrong with you i'm two years divorced still like dating all that shit and I'm like so quick to just be like, you know, I, I go stays over. I'm like, ah, hey, just stay here. You know, I gotta go to work. Just stay here. I, I've just never heard anyone else say it. And I'm like, I, I'm like just coming out of it. Unbelievable. Great show. You guys are fucking amazing. Keep it up. I'm glad everyone's happy and healthy. Amen. Amen is right, Noah. Thank you. Hey, Opie. This is Jeff Persh from Duluth, Minnesota, calling on my Disney. Uh, hint or cheat i guess you could say uh what if you want to get pictures of the kids in magic kingdom without all the people traveling down the streets and all that crap that you have to look at in your pictures and see the goofy guys behind your kid taking the pictures tell them you have a reservation before the the park opens at crystal palace character breakfast in the morning and you can get in before everybody else, before the masses get in. Only the people with reservations get in early. You can get to the different parts of the park early and uh, get pictures without anybody else in them. Uh, that's my, my cheat for the day. Uh, I hope you guys have a great trip down there. Thank you, Jeff. By the way, Greg may be at Disney World next week, but we'll still have two OP Radio episodes coming at you. Here's a bonus. OP Radio. What the fuck? Radio podcast. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm confused. No, I make fun. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Holy My old friend Bill Bird Hello? just left. Hello? Hello? <laughs> You're on, Carl. <laughs> you fucking did well, my my brother. I was intimidated by Bill Burr. Uh Bill Burr's intimidating. He was. Absolutely. I got nervous like the first time I, I went I talked to you. It was I felt the same way. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Uh over the years, me and Bill Burr, there was one time. Bill admitted it finally on the show. He goes, the first time I saw you up, I, I looked in your eyes and went, ah, I know that look. 
And we we always had this weird understanding that we would we wouldn't push each other's buttons. That's where we're kind of uh, similar in a way. I, I let me tell you, this is the first time I saw you guys together, so I don't know your history really with him. But you guys really look like good, like real friends. Like you guys talk the way I talk with my friends. I mean, we, uh, we not like like my real friends, yeah. not like Mike Sappho. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, I just like hitting him out of the way. He doesn't see it coming. Either. No, you guys look I'm, like real. Like we're definitely friends. I, I, I mean, we weren't like um, hangout friends like he is with a bunch of the other people, but we definitely got along. He did some great stuff for the radio show in the past, and we always kept in touch. And I was always, I remember the day he told me he was uh, moving to L.A. He just knew he had to get out to L.A. to make things happen. And, uh, happen. He was doing very well in New York. And said, no, dude, I got to get out there. And I thought he would go for a month or two. And, man, was I wrong. He went out there and just flourished. Now he's got a helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty close to an A-lister, man. Oh, yeah. You know? So he's, a, he's, a, he's a really he's a funny guy. Like people say, he's a comics comic. Yeah. You know, he's really smart. Yeah. And that was really cool. Like, you know, still checks out comics. He was talking about Mark Norman and stuff. That was right. pretty cool. I, I guess I was trying to explain to him that, you know, he's skating through all this PC garbage and this mean-spirited thing where now comics are going after other comics for being mean-spirited or that's hateful. You know, I, funny's funny. That's We come from that that world. If it's funny, it's that's it. That's all you should worry about, but not in this new world of comedy. And I was trying to explain that to Bill. The, one of the reasons he skates is because he sort of has this I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude, but he does. Right. He does give a fuck, and he works really hard at his craft. But he also is so damn honest with his comedy that people will accept that. Right. You know what I'm saying? They know they're not looking at a phony up there. They know that, that uh, they're looking at someone that's pretty special, that really knows how to break down uh, society in general and what's going on in this crazy world of ours. Yeah. And they will accept some, some of the harsher stuff because, A, it's incredibly clever and incredibly funny and incredibly honest. You got those three things, you know, then all this PC culture crap, they can't touch you. They can't touch you. But one thing, one thing there's so much... The culture is so small, this PC culture. If you see the amount of people on Twitter that are actually outraged, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. Like, even when I deal with a troll, you know, like, once you once you go at them, they're a big fan or something. And I've met a couple of them. Yeah. And they're just, just nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, they have these giant personas on, on, on social media, and then you meet them, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you realize you can't fight those people, like I said in an earlier podcast, it's like fighting with a ghost. You know, it it makes it way more okay. Because but there's certain things that trigger me, like there, there's that I oh, have to oh, say oh, something. Oh, I yeah, have to. Yeah, you yeah. know, like when when, I, when there's someone that doesn't know me or doesn't know Opie and is like, he's going to break your heart. Like, I'm like, what? Are, what? Here's what blows my mind. I'm like, what? At what point? I'm on Twitter all day, right? So at no point do I read something from a celebrity yeah. or someone that I follow yeah. and decide to talk to them like I know them. Like there's no it's like I'm not like David Hasselhoff, you should really cut down the drinking, man. Like I love you and yeah. you know, like what are you doing? Like that it well, just seems like there's something you're something's off with you. I, I'm I'm so frustrated by that misconception because it's just complete and utter fucking bullshit. I can show it you is. my phone. I got a million fucking. Fr I have too many friends. I, <laughs> I, I wish I didn't have half these fucking friends I have. <laughs> I but those assholes from the past really, really set something for uh, uh, forth, and and people just bought into it. Right. It's unfucking believable, man. 
You know? That's yeah, I didn't get along with uh, a few people from uh, the, the old radio show, yes. But I, I, but I also got uh, along with a ton of fucking people. Oh, I get the same shit, man. I get the same thing. How the am I going to break your heart? You're a grown man. I'm a grown man. I don't even have a heart. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And when we have issues, which is very rare, we talk it out and we discuss it. How many times have I said, hey, Carl, I got to tell you this because I want to keep everything above the table, right? Yeah, you tell me, you tell me, all, he tells me the same thing all the time. He's like, you know what? Mike's going to mess up the levels, and this is going to happen. But you know what? Joey's going to bail us out. Robert's going to have a creepy dating story. Robert's going to be in love with every girl you bring in here. Right? He's told me everything. I'm suspicious, though. You, you pick up your phone every once in a while. You're not like you're not like uh, texting, fuck that cunt to Mike while we're doing a, a podcast, are you? Uh, no, I don't even have Mike's number. Maddie <laughs> <laughs> like, can say no, something. No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> I texted him like three weeks ago. And I'm like, guy, why are you ducking me like four times? Yeah. I see him here. I'm like, guy, why didn't you answer my text? Yeah. You never texted me once. I yeah. text him. He goes, oh, you're not safe, bro. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, you want to know how you're in my phone? Oh, oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> here we go. Mike's in my phone now. Please, Carl, read this, okay? <laughs> Hold on. Read this. Wait, I got to find it real fast. Okay. How do I have Mike in my phone? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mike super fan? <laughs> <laughs> hey Carl, I'll no, just... I gotta, I gotta explain though, man. Fucking, you know, back in the day, I learned way more now uh, that Jim and Ant would be shit talking me through their phones while we're to- trying to do a radio show. <laughs> it finally came out with the famous, you know, the little cunt won't uh, look at me. <laughs> Uh, text that blew up, and I tried to quit uh, Sirius XM, and then uh, Mel Carmen said, you're not quitting because I need you because that shows nothing without you. Mel always knew that shit. And he goes, if you're telling me you want to reinvent yourself and do something different, you're going to stay here and do it here at Sirius XM. But then I find out that they were doing that on the regular instead of confronting me with their bullshit. I'm not perfect, but if you have a problem with me, how about you look me in the eye and go, let's talk this out. Instead, they were texting back and forth while I'm trying to do a radio show with the guys. Fucked up. You know what's fucked up? Carl has left the building. No, no, I'll tell you something. What's fucked up, Carl. So, super I just want Mike to talk because I want to make fun of him. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Set the trap. Go ahead. He put me in as super fan after I was working here. So, it wasn't like... <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you something because I just it's realized gold. this. It's gold. Just, I'll tell you this. <laughs> yeah, but Carl got mad too because... <clears throat> how did I put you in my... In the phone, I, I think I wrote Carl. Uh, Carl knew. Carl knew. <laughs> I'm like the new guy. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? It was Carl old? Carl, Who the fuck is Carl old? Well, you know, because you changed your phone or something, so I was confused. So I put you in my uh, phone as Carl knew. <laughs> That's your last name, <laughs> new. Carl knew. Here's what was weird. At least you pronounced new right. <laughs> He's from Finland. <laughs> I don't know. Carl, I was new. working Maybe with him, of course, and uh, I didn't have yeah, his number uh, for like a month. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here's my number. Here's my number. Finally, it was when we went to. Staten Island. Yeah. I'm sitting on the West Side Highway because I knew he didn't want to give me his address. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yo, you want to take a ride with me to Staten Island? I'm like, yeah, I'll come with you. I'm standing on the West Side Highway with the podcast shit, DMing him, waiting for him to show up. And finally my phone rings. I'm like, hello. He's like, it's Opie. I'm like, thank God I can finally save your fucking number. We were DMing for fucking a month and a half. He's Good move, Opie. Good move, Mope. He's online. Opie man. DMs me still. He, 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 actually, <laughs> yeah. he hits me on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's not lying. That's how I know I'm close to him. It's like, hey, pal. Right. <laughs> Mike's not lying because I'm like, 
fuck? I don't know where he is. I got to fucking call him. Now he's going to know my number. And I knew he was a super fan. I'm like, I don't want super fans to, to know my phone number. Oh, that's funny shit. And I don't want him hanging out in my house. That's just downright creepy. Did you see, did you see Opie react when we finished with Bill Burr? We took a little break. And I kissed the girl. And oh, the, I know. That was did weird. Did you see Opie fucking get weird? No, because I... But now you're going to make me sound weird. I, I, it's no, like, I'm not saying you're weird. I said he got weird, right? He's like, no, I, ew, Carl has emotions. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you for explaining it. <laughs> Thank you for explaining it. He was like, he has no fucking filter. No, no, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting there, and I got a girl waiting for me for fucking two hours to do a fucking, doing a podcast. And she can't even hear the show. She's she in came a little she's, booth. She's sitting there. But you gave My, her- Mike's throwing fucking D-level jokes at her. Yeah. You could use the computer. Just hey, don't look at porn. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> hey, you want to see my pistol? <laughs> like fucking Down Syndrome Rodney Dangerfield in there throwing out some dead one-liners. We're, we're a weird group. And then all of a sudden I see you giving her a baby kiss and I'm just like, ew. Yeah, exactly. It's no fucking filter. She, she snaps her neck she at snaps me. snaps her neck. I, I kind of know her a little bit now. And then Opie looks her dead in the eyes and goes, just joking. Ew. No, I go, no offense, but I'm not used to him uh, right. showing any type of emotion. <laughs> That's a good, nice endorsement from your boy. <laughs> when I met this guy, he was dead inside. <laughs> uh, oh shit! Oh, you didn't fucking. Oh shit! You're, we're fucked now. Oh, oh, fuck. oh right. fuck! I was supposed to bring uh, Bill Burr up to see Tim Sabian. Come on in for a sec. <laughs> I I just realized I was supposed to bring Bill Burr upstairs. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all the suits are here. Almost everybody's here. Oh, I fucked up. Uh, ah, next time. Oh, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, Mark? What's going on? They're just walking out. They're not happy. <laughs> They're not... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's Cause the, perfect. Because the whole thing started. I got here, and all the suits were here bothering me by, like, you, 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 you got to bring Bill Burr upstairs. You got it. There's a bit, 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 bit. Now it sounded like Mike. That was a lot of fun with Bill, man, catching up like that. I'm really happy that really uh, a lot of fun. Mike got my raincoat back. That was bullshit. Uh, oh, we yeah. <laughs> no, well, well, we made fun of him. Oh my god! But he got in trouble. What do you mean? Well, I, no, the peeing. Because I posted, I posted a very simple. I thought it was going to be a joke, right? right? So I'm posting. Well, I gotta, I gotta explain. Okay. So uh, I'll do the, I'll do the, the radio setup. So out of nowhere, Mike decides to tell everybody that he he pees on his girlfriend and she loves it. It wasn't out of nowhere. Robert was saying. <laughs> Robert was saying that girl was into like uh, being whipped and stuff, and yeah, you talked about fetishes. You didn't have to volunteer. What? what your and then I said, "A girl wanted me to pee on her," and then you're like, "Yeah, I do it every Tuesday." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he offer it up? It came right out. Thank you. It slipped, slip and slide. Oh look, Robert's not. Looking for Bill Burr. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in, Rob. Are you looking for Bill Burr? Hey, how you doing? I'm Bill Burr. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the executives were not going to bother you. Oh my God, you are stress eating. You are stress eating. We've come up. We have a theory, Robert. Yeah, we, this podcast started with Carl's observation of you that. So this is that your vest is a bit tight today, and it that is you might be tight. stress uh, stress eating because of Gina. <laughs> you miss you miss Gina. <laughs> You're stress eating. I finished all the chocolate. That's exactly what I did. Oh, and Gina's from two episodes ago when there was a little confusion, and instead of Jeff the knife guy coming in, it was Gina. Oh God. And Carl I'm 
going to go like, see the knife guy today. I'm going to go see Jeff. I'm driving up to Peekskill uh, oh, to sign all the watercolors. All my knives are done. 36 knives. That's awesome. But anyway, so Gina comes in and crushes. Hopefully you guys heard that podcast. Yeah. And then we decided that Robert really likes Gina. And then Carl made the observation that you like her so much that you've been stress eating ever since you met her. That's, and yes. that your vest is about to pop. It's a little low. Uh... <laughs> He's eating Twix and Cherry Garcia. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> While trolling Instagram, you've got me. <laughs> Dead to right. Uh, and then he's all wearing black, right? With boots and well, stuff. Well, I have to go to a funeral today. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. But why do you have to go as a Zorro impersonator? <laughs> are, you, are you doing a skit there? Well, it's Spanish. That's, you know. <laughs> Whose funeral? Actually, it was somebody that worked here. Oh, my God. Here? Yeah. At Westwood. I'm you look like El hear. Chapo's lawyer. Well, that's the point. <laughs> sorry to hear. Anyway, sorry about that. But uh, Bill Burr's long gone, and I think Tim's not happy about so it. So I want to I ask everyone that's listening to this podcast, maybe you could – Yeah. We could do a poll, maybe on that that phone line where people call and get On oh, the rant line? Of course, four of you are in the room, and not one of you remember the number. So let me help. 888-505-6743. 888-505-6743. I want to organize a date with okay. Robert yeah. and Gina. Yeah. You pick the restaurant. Gina will do it in a second because she wants to be back in this podcast yeah. bad. So they go on a date. Okay. And then we come back and have them recap. Yes. I would like to know if people like to do that because I would love to see the mechanics of Robert. Robert, are you cool with this? Are we talking about a double? Are you going to film it? What's you no, just gonna, no, no, gonna... no, because if, if it's possible, it might work out. I don't want to make it a bit. I want to give it a shot. I'll be there with my Zoom. <laughs> no matter no. what you do, she's coming with me. But it's nice to, you know, catch and release, right? See what? Let's see what Robert, let's see what he can do. Yeah, let's let's set that this up. It's like Cold Trickle when they first put him in the race car. Let's see what he can do. Let's set it up. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we'll Rubbing him, is racing. And then we'll get them both on the podcast in the very near future. Let's do that. I think it would be a great. I, I think love it would that. be a great. And that would be a great that. way to bring Gina back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By just, and then watching, <laughs> take a picture of your torn clothing. By the end of the, <laughs> she's, it's like a shark attack. I can't wait. Yeah, let's do that. She doesn't drink. Oh, really? Oh, I, she's I, she's stone cold sober. She's like that st- sober. She hasn't had a drink in 10, 15 years. I don't want to be the guy, but someone like that should start drinking. She should drink all day. <laughs> yes. She should have a flask of fucking booze and smoke. Nothing. Oh wow! Robert. It's it's a real date. <laughs> like you have to be there with a sober, lucid girl. Oh wow! I've, I did it, and she remembered me twelve years later. If that that's a if that's not a pro, that's a pro. <laughs> that's a that's a problem. <laughs> Oh my god! I just what hit, are you doing? I hit Opie's Merrill. Opie hates when you physically touch him. He's like, "What are you I doing?" Don't. I like it. <laughs> no, like normal touch, but I hit him hard. Oh well, you you don't hit as hard as Gary Busey, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, she she gave me a beating over these damn things. Oh, she did. Whatever. So let's let's see if it, yeah, let's do we'll that. set it up. So the raincoat before we wrap this up. So I left my raincoat here once because I was it was my own fault. It was hot out and I it it was going to rain and it didn't rain, so he took it. Mike Sappho took it, and I go on Twitter, and I a personal, you know, a, pro, a public complaint. I 
CC Westwood one. <laughs> and I sent a tweet of my coat and I said, Mike Sappho has stolen my coat and hasn't given it back in a month. And, and I CC Tim Sabian and the people at Westwood one. <laughs> You're like a housewife from Akron, Ohio. Exactly. I want to talk to the manager. I, yeah, dude, I had that late, that, that short bob haircut. Why are you CCing everybody? I CC Tim. I CC'd Rob. There was a whole meeting about it. The president of the network came down. Everybody came down. Why are we losing talents ring? I I may or may not called internal affairs at NYPD. (laughs) I'm like, you know, you you got a thief on your hands over there. That's funny. Check the evidence room. (laughs) So uh, what I didn't count on was the good old Twitter people that have the longest memory. They're like elephant memories. Oh my God. So then they're like, I bet you that jacket has pee-pee stains on it. (laughs) I bet you he's wearing it so his girl can pee on him. (laughs) That jacket's ruined. It's full of Mike pee-pee sauce. (laughs) And Carl, Carl, you nailed it because what happened was when the first podcast came out when I said it, I took it to meet Mike Francesa. She tweets the picture, and she's like, who the fuck are, are these five, six people? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, does Mike know that you like to get peed on? Mike Francesa <laughs> pees on you. Mike and the pee dog. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so now. <laughs> Mike peed on his girlfriend. What a man. <laughs> what are you t- so she was pissed. I'm like, listen, it was an old. Mike guy. and the P dog. So she's like, I'm like, listen, P P P P P P. Good afternoon, urinators. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, it's an old episode. No one's gonna remember it anymore. <laughs> then she takes my phone. We're in Hong Kong, and I'm like, she's like, oh, Carl's so funny. And then she reads the comments, and then she realizes people go back, right? And a lot of people listen. And she gets these random people requesting to be friends with her on Twitter. And she's like, I'm not going to be friends with these fucking people. They know we pee on each other. So it's a huge thing now. Yeah, and the raincoat thing. It's, it's that you just good. made worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. You want to you want to bring my umbrella home tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere with that umbrella. You turn that thing around, that's a pee kitty pool in my <laughs> a little little pee carousel. You spin that, you could put pee all over the fucking house. I thought it was fucking funny. That's really funny. I thought it was funny. Listen, uh, yeah, we should wrap up just because this podcast is getting long. I, I, oh, on the, on the next podcast, it's going to be Damien Eccles from the West Memphis Three. Wow. Did you see those documentaries on HBO? I didn't, but I can make believe I did. I, wow. That, can I talk like Vic Henley? I highly recommend you uh, rewatch the documentaries I did to refresh myself on the case and stuff, right. and I can't wait to talk to Damien Eccles. You know the story, right? Nope. Three eight-year-olds murdered in West Memphis, uh, Arkansas. And uh, and then they dragged Damien Eccles into this saying he did it because they were watching him a year before that. And he and and all he was guilty of was being a weirdo goth kid. That was it. Listen to, uh, he would listen to Metallica, Megadeth, Is that uh, Slayer, and U2 yeah. was thrown in there. Oof. And he, and he Maybe had, he did do it, U2. And, and then he had some... <laughs> <laughs> Give him the one soap. <laughs> oh, that's why I got the death penalty. Now it makes sense. <laughs> when the streets have no name. <laughs> so uh, wrongly convicted. I mean, railroaded. Robert knows because you you uh, donated to the fund, didn't you? I did. I heard about it uh, through the Ten Club, which is Pearl James Club. Yeah. Right. Eddie Vedder gets did, on his uh, yep. on his side, and then Johnny Depp gets on his side, and then Peter Jackson. 
Wow. The big film director, I think he donated like rings. $10 million yep. toward the case. Because they needed real people and real experts that understood DNA and all this shit to get these guys out of jail. But Damien Eccles was looking at a lethal injection, man. He was in jail for 18 years did the, for did something the, he didn't do. Did they pay him? They, they pay you a bunch of money, right? Oh, no. Listen no. to the episode. What an imbecile. No, no one knows we did the episode yet. <laughs> Joey, take that part out. No, no, no way. No way. No way, Joey. No, no, no. Joey, listen to me. I'm going to speak to you in Joey language. Right. Leave that in. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I was doing a great job making believe I, I haven't talked to Damien Eccles yet. And then this idiot. You know, you should have Vic Henley on it. <laughs> He's a fine-looking woman. <laughs> oh, my God. This is perfect. This, you know what? This is what people should hear, man. It's, of course. That, you know, that, you know that we I, suck at this. Uh, well, I mean. Well, you're good. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a great conversation. No, he can't. He can't. Uh, this, this, is a, this is known, but he can't sue anybody because they had to admit guilt to get out of jail. So imagine this. You got three guys, right? Oh, they tell crazy. the truth back in 1993, 1994 was the case, I guess. Yeah. They tell the truth. We have nothing to do with this fucking thing. They didn't really have any evidence whatsoever except for a confession from the slow one, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Miss Kelly. No, he is officially slow. He's one of those guys that's, uh, are you allowed to use the word retarded? It's like, uh, let's use so. it like another word. Like uh, He's like Roland Camposy. <laughs> 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 but he's, you know, there's some that you could tell, and there's others you can't by looking at him. You're, I, I'm sure we could say that at least. So he was a bit slow, and he confessed and said that he did it with these other two guys, Jason Baldwin and Damian Eccles, right. who I'm going to talk to on the next podcast. And the confession was ridiculous, and then he confessed four or five other times with completely different stories. You know all this, right, yeah. Robert? Yep. So all these guys, and that's all they had on these kids, really, except for the fact that Damien Eccles was a little weird, and he was, and he, liked you and too. he was gothy and all yeah. that. Um, anyway, so they tell the truth, they get uh, life sentences, and Damien Eccles gets life, you know, uh, the death penalty. Fast forward with all the pressure on the case and stuff, and, and they were heading toward a retrial, and they knew they were going to get their asses kicked because it, the DNA proved they had nothing to do with this crime and that maybe somebody else did. Um, they can't pin them on, 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 on uh, the crime scene or the victims, okay? So there's something called the Alford plea. And basically what the Alford plea is like, now you have to lie and go, I am, I am here to say I am innocent, but I am pleading guilty. And if you do that, you sign a piece of paper, and next thing you know, they're out of jail. So they lie to get out of jail. That can't be a law. That's such Isn't bullshit. It? But I think the law is there so then, like, when victims are done wrong and wrongly convicted and you finally get it out. protects the state. protects the state from ridiculous uh, lawsuits. And remember, this was Arkansas. Yeah. Right. And the one kid said, fuck that. I'm innocent. I don't want to admit... Even to this weird Alfred plea where you say you're innocent but you're guilty. It's 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 completely bizarre. Read up on the Alfred plea. It's it's ridiculous. That is un that's but, but Jason Baldwin goes, I don't want to do this. I know I'm innocent and now we're gonna get this uh retrial. But the retrial could have taken years and if they fucked up, which they did in the past, so there's no guarantee, <sighs> that could mean the death of Damien Eccles. So every, they all sat down. And they talked Jason Baldwin into saying, look, I know you want to continue fighting this, but the, there is a chance if you fight and it, and, and, it, and it goes wrong again that this guy, Damien Eccles, will be put to death. So Jason Baldwin signed that piece of paper to save his old friend. Wow. 
And that's how they got out. One day, after 18 years, they're like, all right, we got a hearing. And they're like, fuck, another hearing. Because they went through these hearings off and on for 18 years. And this hearing, they leave their jail cells, basically. They never come back. And they never come back. They signed the Alfred plea. And I think, I think they had one more day. Uh, the next day, they were released. Just like that. After fighting this for 18 years, like, ah, oh, sign this piece of paper. You're going to lie, basically, and say that you're, you know, you're guilty even though you're innocent. And then you can, you're, you're, you're free. That's fucking... so I, the, How the, many times does this happen? Well, uh, I mean, the stats, I, I, something like 2% of people in prison uh, were wrong. wrong that's with, a lot of people. Well, that, that <laughs> is estimated that 200,000 people are in jail for doing something they didn't do. So even if that number is half of that, that's still a lot. For the, One is a lot. Yeah, but, yes. <laughs> but for the people out there that go, oh, uh, all right, so let's say it's 1%. That means still uh, about 100,000 people are in prison uh, for something they did not do. And, and and that same percentage for people on death row, about two percent of the people on death row, they they believe uh, were wrongly convicted and, and should not uh, be in jail. I think the higher the crime, the higher the rate of being wrongly convicted because the pressures on the on the police and the prosecutors to get. So I think I think it's a lot of big crimes that people are in jail for yeah. that they didn't do anything because. Yeah. There's public pressure at the time to find a, a guilty verdict, right? Sure, it's well, all political. Most of this stuff's political. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had a judge in the West Memphis 3 case, didn't want to hear shit. And the only reason that these guys are free today, that judge finally moved on and became, I think, a senator, right? Yep. He becomes a senator. They get a new judge on the case. He's like, look, this ain't, this ain't my pile of shit. <laughs> right. Right? So he could look at it with, uh, with a fresh, uh, open mind. And, and that's when everyone was like, oh, fuck, with the new judge. We're screwed. Get them to sign this damn Alfred plea and let's move the fuck on. Perfect. Yeah, but but it's careers are at stake. Reputations are at stake. You know, when you're dealing with the court system, it's a win loss record. You yeah. you you yeah. can't get a you can't get an L. Right. Even if you know in your heart, like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? This is crazy. They still got to figure out how they could find this person guilty. And that's, that's what they did with the West Memphis Three. So that's, uh, I can't wait to listen to I'm that. telling you, if you watch the documentaries again before you listen to the next episode of this podcast, it'll make the podcast that much better. I promise you. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I just looked up at Robert. Doesn't he look like uh, Kevin Costner in JFK? <laughs> I'm confused. So am I. It's the lawyer. The lawyer from New Orleans. That's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The glasses. Yeah. And the and the vest. He wore a vest in that movie. Oh, uh... He also looks like Kevin Costner in The Untouchables. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he? It. Yes. You look just like Kevin Costner. Robert, you added a lot here. You've been holding mic for 20 minutes. <laughs> Robert's just... I hear He's him singing. With us. Gina. No, Robert... Robert is... Robert's going on a date with Sober Gina. I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. How quick do you think Robert goes emotional? Goes the emotional? <laughs> Honestly, because I, I think I figured out Robert's game. Yeah, Robert, you can't tell your whole life yes. story within the first fucking five minutes. We, me and Carl, feel like you're gonna just panic and just spill out everything. <laughs> Robert, if you and you're gonna show her that you're an, an emotional wreck, and then she's right. gonna eat you alive because that's what she likes doing. And right, it's gonna be a whole thing. So the, this is how you this is how you break a, a wild horse. Okay, right. First, you look at her dead in the eye. The minute you see her. If, even if she's 10 feet away, don't wait for the hug because she could feel weakness when you hug because you're going to be nervous. Say with me, Mike. You're an alpha. And you go, God, you look fucking hot. Right off the bat. Just break that wall. Okay? Don't right. be like, hey, did, was the train okay? Or, oh, my God, was it home of the traffic? Don't bait a shit. Don't just, and then whatever she talks about that's important, gloss over it and stare at her body. I'm telling you. 
Yeah, and then don't you have a move where you stick your thumb in her mouth? My, a finger. Oh, you don't go thumb? I used to go thumb, but they bite that shit thumb a lot because you have to go sideways. <laughs> the finger can get out quick if they get nervous or if they have a gag reflex. It's the weirdest move I've ever heard. Carl goes, what I do is within a few minutes, I, I stick a finger in her mouth. Like, what the fuck? I do, I, it fucking works. Or it that's either a, works or it's a fucking problem at dinner. Well, that's a ballsy move is what I'm getting I at. Lock, I knocked a lobster claw out of a girl's mouth once. I didn't even see she was chewing it. I took the thing and she spit it out when she had a gag reflex when I put my finger in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the first time it worked, I was at uh, Del Frisco's Steakhouse. Yeah. Up in Midtown. Sure. And we were supposed to meet at 6. She was running late, so she got there at 8. So think about Carl, two hours at the bar, stress drinking. So she got there. I didn't even know my fucking name. She gets there. We're ordering the steak, and she's talking to me, and we're having a little shrimp cocktail appetizer. And I just slowly landed on the carrier. <laughs> And I put my finger in her mouth, and she starts to suck it right off the bat. And I said, holy shit, Grandpa, you were fucking right. Wow. And, af- wow. and after that, just. That's been your wh- move. Yeah, I mean, not all the time. Sometimes I'm on normal dates. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to fucking. I'm not going to fucking give you oh, So you're smart mouth. enough to know when to break out that move. Yeah. Yeah. Like with Gina, I would go right away with finger to mouth. You would go finger. Yeah, you have to get an alpha. Robert, you have to get. An- I'm writing this down. Robert, Don't write it down. No. Just memorize it. It's Robert. like it's like school. Like knowing the presidents. You know? <laughs> Drop that mic and go get your manicure. <laughs> <laughs> but only on one finger. The finger you're gonna put in, and put like a bald eagle, or maybe have them put like an ace playing card on it. <laughs> you just. Oh, you know what you should do? You should get like one of those '50s pinup girls on the one nail, like it's like an old B-52 bobber. <laughs> That's your fighter plane. That finger. I'm telling you, man. But just and get uh, some lavender sanitizer soap. Yeah, something right, just to kind of freshen it up. Uh, nah, you don't. That's a medicinal. That fu- I should have fucking. I should have fucking quit at the fucking manicure line. <laughs> manicure is the all right. Best. When we get out of here, man, because now the podcast is too long for these people. Okay. I always hear. <laughs> that's what I hear. That's my favorite. That's actually what he hears. Like people are typing stuff. That's perfect. And that's what you hear. Not, not from the listeners, by the way, of this fine podcast. They actually want us to do more podcasts, and they want them longer. Right. But I, my agents. <laughs> what did you get any deals for us this week? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I hear. He's got a backwards agent. He literally gives ten percent for someone to tell him congratulations. <laughs> oh, God. Basically, you're like it's like fucking Scientology you got going oh, on. You got to pay to go up the ranks with this fucking guy. Well, I, and I'm an asshole because I I call him up. I go, so when are you gonna call Westwood One and Tip Sabian? Oh, I'll call him tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, too late. <laughs> I already made the deal. Made that, the that's deal. how I fucking said it to them. But anyway. <laughs> that's what he sounds like. To... You know, the perfect length for a podcast is between 45 and 50 minutes. Good for you. Good for you. Get me some fucking money. Right. Good for you. Show me the money. We're doing it this way because I could do 45 minutes in my sleep. All right. That's boring to us. I'm going to have a nice lunch with my little honey bear. All right. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then, uh, thank you to Bill Burr for real. That that was just awesome. He was awesome, man. And F is for Families on Netflix. I think he said November, the end of the month, I guess, right? November 30th on Netflix. Great show. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Catch me at Rascal's Comedy Club. I always wanted to say that. I don't know why. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. Instagram, Sabor Chef. And everybody, please, let's put pressure to make uh, Robert and Gina. No, it's happening. It's happening. 
Or he doesn't hang with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Jesus. No, he'll do it. Sandbox, Sandlot Bully Opie. <laughs> it's for the show. I'll do He's it. He's a fat kid from Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Joey, now, finally. <laughs> after this bonus segment, this bonus material, Joey, take it away. All right, guys. <laughs> oh, by the way, your version of Heartbreaker with that fucking harmonica. That was awesome. Holy yeah. shit. Joey's talented as fuck. Bravo. Joey. Bravo, Joey. All Let's right. c- come to New York. Let's get some chicky. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate the support. And uh, my chicky days are over, Carl. I mean, at least until my wife kicks me out. By the way, special thanks to Mike Sappho for completely fucking up that episode. Listen no. to the episode. No, no one knows we did the episode yet. That's called the pre-tape in the business, Mike. Just so you know, basically you're, you're supposed to act as if it didn't happen yet, but it's going to happen. I guess the equivalent of time travel for you. You must be really good at good cop, bad cop. But that's okay. You go off to Asia, pee on your girlfriend, and I'll be here working extra because of you. We're going to cut this one short. We'll get to follow backs next episode and a few more calls. But don't forget to give this one a five-star review. A bunch of comments would be helpful at Apple Podcasts. And remember to take that survey. The link is on the episode description. You know the survey to help us match you up with sponsors. www.podsurvey.com Go to opiradio.com for shirts, hats, you know, all kinds of merch. And until next time, Joey Salvia for Westwood One Podcast Networks, Opie Radio. EB, my friend, let's get you on this episode with Bill Burr. Wrap it up. Westwood One Podcast Network.